Yo, 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 this is Nikki Beans. Card Architect. Yeah, come on, <laughs> And this week, um, for our perspective, we've got um, a couple special guests. Um, reoccurring, so we've got one reoccurring member and the matriarch of the corner store herself, Miss Amy, along with the the heiress. Yeah, the heiress to the... Um, to the throne. To the throne, yes. <laughs> Queen Deja. And Brother Dang, the what's up, what's yeah, up? the guard, the guard. Back one for the second time. Oh yeah. Back one for the second time. And yeah, um, before we were just uh, Miss Amy, she was talking about um, adapting in regards to like the events, like um, the corporate structure. Uh, last time we were here, we had uh, Brother Buddha on. Um, you were saying still fam, but you were just talking about the ongoing. But who are you, Miss Amy? Who no, am I? Yeah, um, come on, it's so, a lot. So I'm the owner of The Corner. Um, I've been in Charlotte since 2000. Um, I am a business owner. I have my own consulting firm. Uh, I also have a record label that's kind of, uh, you know, on the back burner right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I, I've been told I'm a stalwart of Charlotte hip-hop culture. Um, I don't know if I'm, I, I can claim that really. I feel like I could just sit in this chair and talk to people, but... No, um, I would say <coughs> hear that, um... Uh, your name comes up when Charlotte <coughs> pop Really? Yeah. Yes. Yay! <laughs> when, uh, when Nick let us know that uh, we were doing this, this conversation this time around, I was like, oh, I know of Miss Amy because I followed Forever FC for some time uh, right. because I'm with Constance C. Smith, so I was just deeply into underground hip-hop period and the fact that there was a scene here in Charlotte knew about Forever FC, De Niro oh. Ferrar, yeah, all those people. So yeah, your name comes up literally every time Charlotte hip-hop is talked about. That is, that's very flattering. That makes me very, very happy. I had um, somebody, I'm trying to remember, somebody recently said something to me about that and, and I was like shocked. I Why? Was. I just, because I feel like I'm just in my house. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's just me and my house. Like, there's a studio in my house, mm. right? And and the people that you've mentioned, for the most part, anybody who's done music in the city has come through a lot of times because Jimmy has Producer Wednesdays, right? Or whatever. So, like, a whole bunch of producers will come through or people will come through. It used to be a lot more than it is now. Um, but I feel like everybody just kind of comes through my house. So, I don't imagine that I'm, like, passed out past that mm. so that's very flattering that makes me very very happy so well my question would be when did you get your love for hip-hop um so i graduated high school in 1984 that that'll tell you how old i am and i remember um you have to realize that the internet and people's ability to um hear and see music was far more limited right mm. it was it was almost like the pony express basically so we didn't really get, you know, hip hop started in New York, right? So here I am in Los Angeles and the exposure is pretty limited unless it hits radio. So there was really like, you really didn't have a chance to get underground. So when I was in junior high, I was into punk rock. I was totally into, like literally the Ramones, Sex Pistols. I was like, I shaved half my head. I was like wearing safety pins. I was crazy. And um, so I was always looking for like underground music. So mm -hmm. I did pay attention to a lot of periodicals and things like that. And I remember this kid bringing a big sheet of cardboard to school and break dancing. 
And it was like mind blowing, like nobody knew what that was. So I made it a point to be like, yo, like what's going on? Da, 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 da. Question. Yes. Did he also have the, um, the beatbox? Um, he had a boombox. Oh, I mean yeah. the boombox. Yeah, yeah, yeah he had I'm a boombox. He definitely had a boombox. Um, and I, but I was very into music. My like my parents um, actually met um, in, in, in college as musicians. I remember being seven years old and listening to Led Zeppelin, Handel's Messiah, and Stevie Wonder all at the same time on the stereo. So, so you know, I was into music already. And then when, but when I um, started dating this guy from Brooklyn, and he he turned me on to. Um, Nas and AZ and stuff like that. I knew about Biggie from uh, magazines. So Rolling Stone magazine, and then I got into the stores and Double XL. So I had subscriptions to those. And I remember there was an interview with Biggie. First of all, he got five mics, so that was huge. Hmm. And then in the interview, that they asked him, who's your favorite rapper? And he said, there's this kid I just did a song with named Jay-Z, and he said, he's better than me because he can do everything without writing it. So I bought Reasonable Doubt the day it came out, mm. like just off of that article. Mm. Right? Right. And then and then I went to, um, I was living in, in um, Los Angeles, and I remember going to see DJ Quick, because I was obsessed with him, and Dr. Dre opened for him, and he brought Snoop out. So it was like I had these experiences, but I was I wouldn't consider myself ahead at that point. I still was listening to punk. I was still listening to a lot of R and B, and then I moved to Colorado, and I started dating this guy who was a promoter, and he um, I started working with. I started I actually we kind of stopped seeing each other and just kept working together, and we brought out. Um, uh, Red Man, Method Man, The Lost Boys. Like if you go on my Instagram and scroll down, you'll see pictures of me mm -hmm. with them. And so um, that's really what, like the golden age, you know, the mid '90s was really where I just like, I'm ahead. I'm, I like everything, but I still didn't really hear any southern rock, you know, southern rap, right? I still like Outkast was kind of all that I was exposed to until I moved here. And then um, when I moved here, I kind of got out of it because she was little. So I, I was gonna do promoting, but I was like, I can't, you know, be a single mom and pay attention to my child and be out at the club every night. So that kind of got pushed to the side. Um, but then um, when she was 10, I want to say, yeah, that's when my mom died. That's when I met Ryan. Um, he brought everybody else kind of along. That's when the whole Forever FC story started. And I really came at it because I was, I had, I thought I was bad. <laughs> I had um, business experience. And so I started saying, hey, let me marry my business experience and my um, ability to network with people um, and help these kids develop into what they wanted to do, which was be rappers. And so, um, but I felt like I, I, I would not have helped them if they weren't good. Like that's one thing you you've got. Yeah, I mean, there's one. That's one thing that people at this point know about me. If if people talk about me, is I don't I don't deal with trash rappers. Mm. So even if I love you to death and you know I have a personal relationship with you, I'm gonna be brutally honest with you about your music. And a lot of people don't like that. They because because a lot of rappers I think you know your mama tells you you're good. Mm -hmm. Your boy's like oh you got hot fire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everybody everybody wants to you know, embolden you, and I, I can't do that. I don't want you to embarrass yourself. 
So I'm I'm gonna tell you, but I'm constructive. I mean, Dane was the first person who can tell me, who can who can attest to that. Because when he played his music for me, I was like, this is what you need to do, this mm -hmm. is what you need to do, and this is what you need to do, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll and I hear things that other people don't necessarily hear. So that's the that's the rapper story. You got that unique perspective, you know, like <laughs> I that. Try. That um, what's that word? Hmm. The culture perspective, like yeah, you've curated over time from yeah, listening to whole back in the day and now yeah. Hmm. Well, and and I think for me, I'm a a student of it, and I will tell people that hip hop is the most difficult rap specifically, right? Because there are different areas, there are different levels of hip hop <laughs> at this point, but rapping is the most difficult art form in music, more so than jazz. Because in order to be a rapper, you have to have lyrics, you have to have metaphors and similes, so you have to be able to be a poet, mm -hmm. you have to be able to have cadence, you have to be able to have tone, you have to be able to write a beat. So, you know, all of these different things, you can be good at one and not the others. And so that's like when people ask me who my top five is, I always say Kendrick is top five, is, is number one. And that's mm -hmm. because he has all of those things, right? He's not necessarily the best at any one, Right, Eminem can write a beat, excuse me, better than than Kendrick can, mm -hmm. and you know Jay Z can do metaphors and similes better, but Kendrick is across the board the best at it. Um, you also have, you know, a lot of these rappers will come out and they sound just like somebody else. Mm -hmm. So like if I if somebody play if I listen to I can tell you within the first thirty seconds of listening to somebody if they're good or not, mm -hmm. and I can tell you you know you sound like this, you know you're if you if if you have to have a distinctive enough voice that when somebody hears you on the radio, they're like, oh, that's such and such, right? So I can I can hear somebody, and most of the time I can tell you who it is just by hearing them around. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have that, then you know, you've got to go back into the lab. Yeah, rebrand right? yourself. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, that's kind of, that's why I say I'm, I'm very good at analyzing people's music. Um, but again, like not everybody wants to have their music in. Some people just want me to be like, oh, you're great. Mm -hmm. Let's work. Let's <laughs> make. Yeah. Well, or people want, you know, people want my connects or people want me to hook them up. Yeah. You know, I've had a number of people who are like, oh, well, can you just help me, you know, put me in touch with such and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I, I've got connects. I'm mm -hmm. not pulling those cards in this, you know. That was my daughter's only rule growing up was don't embarrass me in front of other adults. Mm. And I feel like that applies across the board. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't make me look bad. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff we can do you know, in, inside the house, but when we go outside, yeah. don't, don't look bad. Relationships the same way. Like, yeah. Don't have me out here looking foolish, you know? Right. Like, yeah. I'm still mm -hmm. stuck on the article you say you read from Biggie saying there's this kid named Jay Z. Like, yeah, it's I, I want to say it was the it had been the source because it was the five mic. It was um, you could probably find it. Um, I wonder. Well, I got I have a bunch of magazines that are. That if you were to still have it, that's why I did like I a triple have, take. I'm like, well, wow. I think we hid it because Deja didn't want it to get damaged. But yeah. we had the source with Diddy on the cover from 2001. Um, we have because it had the gatefold mm -hmm. that had the Twin Towers on it, and it was the September 2001 mm -hmm. issue. Mm -hmm. So they took the pic. I think they took the picture two weeks before 9/11. Wow. And then they came out with that. Yeah, then the blueprint came out that day. Yeah. But um, that's just wild to hear like stories from the past and to see where people like grown. Like even the movie Roxanne that was on Netflix. Like there's a scene where Nas is little kid Nas is trying to rap there. Nas. So, yeah. That's just wild to me. 
Um, I did want to ask, what do you think about the culture in Charlotte as far as like hip hop goes? I know that's normally like a big debate here. Like we don't have culture, or we do have culture, and you know, we talk about it being a melting pot. Like on our live yesterday with Phils, uh, we were talking about how Knife Wonder mentioned how North Carolina is so diverse because we have like five, six HBCUs. We got like the most HBCUs in this one state here, and how everybody kind of transplants here, like transplants right. here, like New York, LA, LA, um, Philly, DC, Midwest. So with us being like a melting pot, one asks, like, do you think Charlotte has like its own sound? Or do you think it's made up of multiple things? Or what do you think about us overall as like a hip hop culture? In well, I, and I am going to claim this because it is a fact. I coined the phrase lyrical hip hop, I mean, excuse me, lyrical trap back in 2014. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because if you know Milan Hightower, he did an interview and he, he gave me my props on it. So. Um, but that's what it is. And the reason I say that is because if you look at Atlanta scene, there's a lot of what used to be called mumble rappers. Now they call them lyrical. But mm -hmm. they're, they're sing-song and they tend to not have a lot of content unless you really listen. But they're, they, they, they have flashes of greatness, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not, it's, nobody's consistently great in terms of lyrics. There might be like one line you're like, oh, look at that, right? But it's not like a whole song that's that great. Um, and then you have New York which still has a whole lot of backpack rappers that are all lyrics, but their beats are not that, you know, there's a phrase from American Bandstand, which again dates me, where American Bandstand, they play a record, and then they ask the people what they thought about it, and they always be like, it's got a great beat, and you can dance to it, right? Mm -hmm. That was like the, every episode they said that. It's the same thing, right? You can't dance to New York hip hop more. Right, so you've got stripper beats coming out of Atlanta, and you've got great lyrics coming out of New York intersection is Charlotte right so the beat selection in Charlotte is I think superior um, you've got a lot of very good producers here um, that are coming you know if you go back and listen to a lot of the forever SD stuff um, or Wells Wells has got great producers De Niro's got great producers you know what I mean like the beat selection for most of the artists in Charlotte are, is really good right they have it's a good balance of danceability and rap ability, right? Mm. Um, but the lyrical content is far superior than what comes out of Atlanta. Um, so I feel like that's the balance. It's, it's trap, it's got a trap kind of beat to it. I mean, it's not 100%. I mean, you've got, you know, an Elevator J over here, and you've got Denier over here. They're not, they're not necessarily the same, but they've done songs together. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was, that was something that I was really happy with Forever FC, and I think has continued is a lot of the collaborations. You know, Luke's done a lot of work with different rappers. Wells has done a lot, you know, I mean, they all kind of like, hey, get on this song, hey, get on that song, right? That's really how Forever FC even got formed, was they all were individual artists that just make good music together, right? They were, they were a collective, they were never a group, necessarily. Um, so I feel like that tends to be the sound that's coming out of Charlotte, um, but I think the culture suffers because there's not the reach reach back that you have in Atlanta, right? Every Atlanta rapper reaches back and grabs somebody else and pulls them forward. Oh yeah, for right? sure. For sure. Yeah. Here, there are friendships, you know, like Elevator Jam Luke, they've done a number of songs together, but the reach back is not as strong. Now, that being said, there's not a lot of people who've made it. You know, you've got the baby, you've got Luke, that both have major deals. De Niro had a major deal. But other than that, there's, you know, Calis still Monte still doesn't have a major deal. He's amazing and should have one, but the eyes are not on the city the way they should be, 
And I think that, um, I think it's also backlash to what I just said, right? New Yorkers, um, you know, and, 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 and people can argue with me about this, but I'm standing firm. Luke came out before Joey Badass. And Luke came out with a 90s swag that Joey Badass ended up taking and running with, yeah. right? Um, I'm not gonna say he bit off of him because I don't know if that's a fact or not. I can have my own opinion. But truth of the matter is, the reason Joy Badass was able to do what he did and people didn't have eyes on Luke is because he was in New York, mm -hmm. right? And New Yorkers are very elitist when it comes to, we started it, we're gonna keep it, right? Um, so that was the problem with that, is, 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 is from that point standpoint. You have the same problem with Atlanta, right? Atlanta's got to reach back with Atlanta artists. So they're not necessarily looking to Charlotte, right? And Houston's the same way. So it's like, I think that the next couple years, because of the baby, because of Luke, that people are gonna start paying more attention. And I think there is such a hardcore, solid group of talent that's here. I mean, there's, and, 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 and they've all built, right? You know, you gotta figure the people that are out right now all started in 2011, 2012. Right, so they've all got a founded. They're, these are not new young rappers coming up. Um, the other thing is, is is that rap is finally allowing older people. It used to be, a, oh, if you're over 25, you're an old head, we aren't gonna pay attention to you. But you've got hit records coming out of the people I named, from Jay-Z, from Nas, all these people are still coming out with hit records. Eminem's coming out with hit records. So the industry is now having to shut up and allow people from the age of 25 to 45 to make music, where it used to be, if you weren't 20 years old, you couldn't do anything. Yeah, Jim Jones in his early 40s, he's making some of the best music of his career. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Two Chains, uh, there too. Who? Yeah. Two Chains. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Two Chains, he ain't really pop till he's like 30. Yeah. Something. I don't think there's really an age gap, per se, in rap music anymore. Like she said, yeah, just I don't know what you mean, you know, 50, 60, but. <laughs> and also with um, the greats that you named, um, like all of them have the unique ability to tell like great stories, I feel. Absolutely. Like, yeah, like especially Kendrick, like Good Kid, Mad City, entire album, like phenomenal story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. I have a question since, yes. since I know that you've been um, in the hip hop culture in the city. Um, as someone who's technically a transplant, I'm from Georgia, uh -huh. not Atlanta, but from Georgia. I uh, came here in 2009 to go to college, and from that time up until maybe 2014, 15-ish, right before I moved to California, we had a lot of venues in the city. How do you feel about how there's really no, no space now for the hip-hop culture here in the city, and do you think that the corner can actually serve as a type of new space for artists to come and really have have people gather and hear their music. Absolutely, that's my answer. Um, <laughs> but no, I I remember when I first was here, there was a ton of places to go. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I used to go see um, DJ Dr. Spin, and he had like four or five places that just he was spitting right. Mm -hmm. So you can't. There's not even many clubs to go to that spin underground music, it's all, you know, radio music. Um, and then, you know, you had um, Amos's, you had Chop Shop, you had Neighborhood Theater, you had, but there was a number of places. So absolutely all those have, have gone away. Um, had COVID not hit, that was the intention of this location, right? When I first 
when I first got the space, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. That's, I always tell everybody that. I was like, I, I've got this space, now what am I going to do with it? And I just started having ideas of, you know, I like Funko Pops. I, I wanted to have the, the door. I wanted to have artwork that was, you know, hip-hop related. So I was like, oh, I'll make it a hip-hop store. Um, but it was always intended to have uh, artists perform. Mm -hmm. And when we first, oh, that's actually how I met Dang, was, um, you know, we had a pop-up for Callis. Mm -hmm. I was, I'm going to call him Callis forever, but Jamonte. Um, and he, he brought a bunch of people, and this was right before, you know, COVID. We had, was, the place was packed. Mm -hmm. And um, Uda and Dang approached me and said, hey, can we intern for you? Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then um, Lillian Black, you know, if you know who she is, she's a singer. She had her event here. So we had, a, we, we were really, that was going to be one of the things we did, mm -hmm. was allow people, because we have a TV here. So it was, um, you know, we could have people perform and then stream it down here. So yeah. we could have, you know, yeah. both, both layers. Mm -hmm. um, and we continued, even with COVID, to try to have, we probably had six, seven events. Mm -hmm. um, I went to one. Yeah. yeah, we had some great events that happened. It's just like, again, with the COVID, we had, like, restrictions, and we had to operate around the guidelines just to keep everybody safe. Yeah. So I think, you know, come summer, if, you know, like, I always say the Spanish flu ended organically, right? Everybody either died or caught it. Here, we're going to have either died, caught it, or vaccine, yeah. right? So it's going to end. Um, and when that happens, definitely we will, you know, that's one of our goals is to be able to be open, allow people to come. We've got space out back. We could do barbecues. Mm -hmm. Now, we are in the suburbs. We are in a mall, yeah. a, you know, a strip. Um, you know, we got to be somewhat conscious of the neighbors. Mm -hmm. but, complaints. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, they're, they've already, you know, what would you guys do with um, yeah, hey. So, uh, which is why sometimes I have to be here because sometimes you know sometimes the white lady has to come out. Yeah. So hey, I, have her, I have to give her free yes. and let her and let her deal with yeah. the, the other people. Impressive. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely would love it. The 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 sad part is we're not as big as I want, but I've always wanted to do events. Um, I've always you know we had a thing called the family reunion that we were doing with Forever FC. Um, you know, if I had, a, you know, unlimited funds, would I go buy a space? Absolutely. Because I think that's the one thing from a development standpoint in Charlotte is everywhere you turn, there's new apartment buildings. No. But my thing is, why are you putting up apartment buildings and there's no place for people to go? Like, there's no place for them to eat, there's no place for them to shop, and there's no place for them to enjoy themselves. So, you know, I think from a zoning perspective, um, you know, but then again, we have to take accountability. Part of the reason why hip-hop acts can't go to neighborhood theater is because my very good friend, Bankroll Bird, oh AKA Bank God, you know, and, and we laugh about it all the time, he picked somebody up and threw them through a window. Mm -hmm. Or something, I don't know, yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if he's the one who did it, but I know, because I, I wasn't at that event, but I know at one of his events, somebody got picked up and thrown through a window, right? Mm -hmm. And they were like, no more hip hop at this venue. So, you know, we kind of have to take accountability for our own behavior. Mm -hmm. And even here, you know, we had an event and people were outside being loud. And I had to go out there and be somebody's mama yeah. and, you know, scold everybody. You all can't be out here. I just told you inside to go outside and be quiet. And y'all wasn't going to be quiet. So, you know, I, I mean, that is part of the problem. But I think that's universal. I don't mm -hmm. think that's just Charlotte. No, no, no. Because um, I'm originally from Chicago and, like, um, certain artists can't, you know, have um concerts back home because you know like brothers shooting like you know niggas doing nigga shit yeah it's just yeah it's not like everybody should go to yeah but you know you know how it is like yeah yeah 
But then it comes back to the accountability. Like, as an artist, you got to recognize this is your career that you're putting on the line. So it's like, hey, y'all representing me right now. So I'm going to need you to, like, bring it down just a little bit. Like, I want y'all to have a great time. But at the same time, it's like, yo, y'all representing me right now. You know what I'm saying, like, it's more than just me being a music creator. This is also my business. So it's like, calm down. Got to think in the long term. Right. Yeah. I do want to ask, probably a little early for a question like this, it's but okay. I just wanted to ask, what are you most proud of thus far, your like, imprint, like, thing that you have done? Over? The thing I am most proud of is her. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I had a feeling like, I've got to And I'm not saying, like, honestly, I will tell you, I am not just saying that as a typical mom mm-hmm. saying she loves her kid, right? I think that Deja is one of the coolest people in the city. Mm-hmm. So she, she... And I, like, if I step out, right, mm-hmm. she can sing. She's got her own LLC, which mm-hmm. uh, this table that we are that we have all of our stuff on, she made this table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, so this is a Thorn Customs original. Um, and, but just, I, I admire, like, when we were talking before, we put the cameras on, we are talking about my fashion mm-hmm. sense, right? I had to up my game to get anywhere close to what she's yes. doing, right? Hey, uh, she has, she has, has and it's funny because she'll start something and then she'll get mad when everybody else starts doing what she was doing mm. a year later. She's like, I, a year I later. Doing, yeah. A I, year. Doing, <laughs> I remember, I remember she wore this, this skirt to ninth grade graduation and three years later we went someplace and all the girls had like the same mm. skirt on. And I was like, you wore that three. She was like, just mm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> as a just as a cool person right she turned out i wanted to have a child and imagine what my child would be like and she surpassed it so mm-hmm. definitely um and she's she's an integral part of the shop um she you know has stepped up and makes decisions mm-hmm. and gives me her opinion sometimes i have to say who's the mom mm-hmm. because she's the boss of me in a lot of ways mm-hmm. She does. She like she'll tell me. She all the time will tell me what I can or cannot do. It's only and it's not in like because some people misinterpret like our relationship and feel like I'm being disrespectful. And I take account like I'll take how people see that on the outside, but our relationship is like that because sometimes she gets ex- because even with the store she's like so excited and I'm more of the like realistic level, yeah realistic level headed like hey like maybe we need to think about this and how this may plan out <laughs> like so that's the only reason why but other than that we are a very good team well and the, like before again before we start when we were talking about her role <laughs> and her official title on her business card is second in command security slash security and it's because <laughs> I'm, I'm way too nice I want to love everybody, you know, yes, granted, people are out there embarrassing me, right? Don't embarrass me mm-hmm. from other adults, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go out there and check people dead. But in here, I'm like, whatever, you know, I'm, like, I'm just like, oh, sure, take advantage of me, I don't care. And she's not with the shits mm-hmm. with that, right? So Deja is going to either check me that I have to be more confrontational or she's going to handle it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, how sometimes you'll be like, don't mess with me or I'm going to tell my mom. Mm-hmm. No, I'm like, don't mess with me or I'm going to tell my daughter. Because mm-hmm. Deja's going to handle something that I don't handle. She with the, yeah. with the it's. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, she's, she's little, but people are afraid of her. Uh, working here, uh, like Amy said earlier, if I tell you, I'm not telling you, like, for my sake, I'm telling you to save you mm-hmm. from Deja. Because, mm-hmm. like, if she has to tell you, it's pretty much like, oh, get out. Oh, I, I told uh, you. Yeah, because uh, I, I don't need, 
It's not like you get real bad, real bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't want people to think like I'm evil. But I don't I don't have patience and I don't ask twice. I don't like speaking on things twice. I don't really like speaking on how I feel. Like it's either you gonna do what you say you're gonna do or it's up from there. So when it comes to like uh, she did say especially like like I said before People come in here and, you know, yeah, it's a fun place to be. You have good energy. But sometimes because we're in the neighborhood and we're in the atmosphere that we in, you have to act a certain way. And it's not like I don't want you to change who you are. But sometimes, you know, dial it back and people get attitudes and feel like, oh, you're telling them what to do. But it's like you have to think. You're not thinking from a business standpoint. You're thinking from a, I'm a guest and I'm just having fun standpoint. So especially that's one thing I've been thankful for about the store is like, it gives me a whole different perspective of how to do business and how to move forward and how to maneuver within my own business. You have to have respect in certain cases and when people get out of line, I'm quick to check them. So, <laughs> Yeah, she, I mean, I've been working from home since 2004, so since she was very young. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, I used to travel and, and uh, with my, with my, my main job, or my living at. And she would come with me and go to trade shows with me and interact with people and learn how to network. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, so she's she's grown up in business. She's grown up, you know, exposed to this and dealing with this. And so she's, you know, I trust her to make decisions in that where other people's kids, you know, they didn't have any idea what their they probably still don't know what their parents do for them. She's always been very involved with that side of it with me. Um, so yeah, so she's she's the number one too. The, the second thing I would say I'm proud of is the reception people had at the shop. Um, every single person who comes in here is blown away, and they're like, "I've never been in any place like this." And we don't. It's not like we have. It's not like we've got ta- or Target with rows and rows of you know products. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're limited in what we have, but it's just the vibe yes. that you know. And and yes. I think that's that's one thing I take pride in. Is I'm a manifester and I and I'm an empath and I'm all about energy, 100. Like everything to me is energy. So I literally will sit here and just like put my own energy into the shop. It's the same thing as my house. You know, people used to come to my house and people just wouldn't want to hang out. Sometimes they'd sit on the couch and just fall asleep. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, I haven't been able to sleep for three weeks. I can't sleep in my own bed, but I can come to your house and just sit on the couch and fall asleep. That's the kind of vibe that I try to put in this shop. And so when you walk in here, you feel that. I feel like you feel that. Yeah. Um, and you know, so giving the youth of Charlotte a place to be, right? Whether it's a, a voice that you know somebody to talk to, um, or you know, just an environment to be. Yes, sir. Piggybacking off of that, like, yes. yo, she's got. All right, the we've reiterated. Like we said this last time we were on, um, we were here. But you got the wet grass rug. Like, if it wasn't COVID and all of that, like, man might take his shoes off and, like, rub his feet in the wet grass rug. You know, yeah. like, you know, take your foot <laughs> off and, you know, rub your, rub the grass rug on your toes. You feel me? Uh. So it goes with that, the vibe of Usa. Yeah. we. Did, I mean, and that's, you know, this this right here, this little setup right here with the couch and the chair, I call this the corner in the corner, hmm. right? And hmm. we've done takeovers where we let people come in and put their products in here and we've re- we've rearranged this they've carried this table up and down at least six times right mm-hmm. um, because people will come in and they'll want to put their stuff up or whatever and 
at one point, I don't remember if it was you or who it was, but they wanted to like change this. And I was like, no, I want th this, this right here, this setup is a part of this store. I want people to come in and be able to come and sit down and talk to me or mm -hmm. whatever. So mm -hmm. this right here, this kind of, you know, hang out, get some coffee, you know, chill, whatever. And I, I mean, I had somebody come in the other day and she was like, I could just come in here and work. And I was like, yeah, you got Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. sit down, you know, it's like a little mini Starbucks from that perspective. If you need to, you know, you can't, you don't got Wi-Fi at your house, come on and hang out. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, when we reopen and we can be open full time, that's the vibe that we want to have is, you know, and, and network. We've had lots of people come here and do have meetings. Mm. You know, people are, do podcasts or do, you know, uh, people have come and edited videos mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. We've got, you could do photo shoots upstairs. Yes. So, um, you know, letting people come and just chill, right? And that's what, you know, we're, that's, that's really what we're going to go for once we can reopen again. Is this like was this like a party upbringing like the good energy like you came up in like a good nice warm household or this something you have to yeah so so my parents were super hippies and it's crazy because um, so I'm biracial my biological father's black my biological mother's white um, but I was adopted by my aunt and uncle on the white side so I was raised in a white home but they came from the Midwest and they moved to California because they never tried to pass me even though obviously I probably probably could have. I always knew I was black from the time I was a baby. They never tried to pass me. They, in fact, made sure I had, like, black friends and stuff. And in fact, John Amos, um, the actor John Amos is my godfather because they lived across the street. And so, um, so you know, that and he was my male role model. And my parents encouraged that. And so um, they were very active in the church. My mother ended up being a minister. But they were super hippies. Mm -hmm. So we had foster kids. We had college students. We had kids from... You know that got in fights with their parents like I never recall living in my home with just my immediate family we always had somebody else on the couch right and and the youth group would come and meet um, they were acting in the choir so like I said I was very into music they would have people come into choir practice um, you know there was just constantly people in my house my parents were always feeding whoever didn't have food um, it was that was just the environment that I was in um, and so, and it was very multicultural. Like we ended up moving to downtown LA, and the church that my mom was at um, was the the youth group. She was the youth director, and there was a kid from Jamaica, kid from uh, two kids from Russia, uh, a bunch of kids from Korea, Cambodia, Japan, um, Ireland, like because it was downtown LA. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up in this very multicultural, very open. Um, environment. Um, I was talking to you guys before about how um, my mom used to do commitment ceremonies for gays in the 80s when like that was not something you did in the church, mm -hmm. right? So it wasn't legal, but she would do, you know, if, if people want to get married, they could get married in, with her representing them. So, you know, this whole like holistic, have kids around, you know, support other people, that definitely was a part of my upbringing. Um, you know, it, it hasn't always been good for Deja because she had to share me with a bunch of uh, siblings. But then now she's got a bunch of siblings. So she's... And it wasn't the siblings, it's the other people who... Yeah, there was a lot the of people, there was a lot of people coming, coming <laughs> to the house. Because the difference is, like, back then, it was more like everybody was just genuine. Or even in, like, where she used to live, it was just genuine. Like, 
you see in different cities, people have different cultures and different different like ways of how they move. Like even up north, like people are way just more like we minding our business, mm-hmm. we doing our thing, mm-hmm. and, and like. But I've noticed, especially over time, before maybe five ten years ago, being in Charlotte, it was more genuine. But people have because we our city has granted it hasn't gotten the eyes that it's needed. It's been on up and coming. So I feel like everybody is so frantic to like, oh, I want to make my, I want to make my name, I want to make my spot, that they forget that sometimes you have to be genuine to get there. You can't step on other people's back. You can't do other people wrong and burn all these bridges just to get what you want and get where you want to be. Because in the end, it's gonna fall apart. Like, so it was never a problem from. I always loved having a lot of people in my house because for a long time it was just me and her. Like, we were the only two. I was her road dog, I was going with her everywhere, and then, like, especially her being a single parent, it was also hard because she's trying to work and take care of me, so having those siblings in the house, it gave me different perspectives of things, it gave me that I wouldn't necessarily say I always would need a father, but that fatherly figure was there, that brotherly figure, that knowing that you had more than just one person by your side was a good vibe to have, but sometimes people would come in and pretend to be one way and not always follow through as being and ended up being another. You know what I'm saying? So that was what, and I'm very protective of, protective of my mother. So when that would come into play, that's where I would have the problem because, like I said before, I'm not with the, you know, with the bullshit and the recklessness. So um, Yeah, I mean, there's there, there, we definitely <coughs> have been burned, right? There's definitely been a repetitive um, issue of people taking advantage of me. Um, however, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more cautious, a little bit, but I have not stopped being who I am because I feel like karma is real, right? And I continue to be blessed, right? This, this shop is not how I earn my living. This shop, this shop is a hobby for me and honestly, um, it's it's a humongous tax write off. Thank you, Jesus, because it's because I, I I'm I'm not making money at it. Um, but I, I continuously am blessed, and I see the people who have hurt me, not so much. And so I feel like I'm not going. You know, a lot of times you find, you know, men who the first woman they ever dated broke their heart, and they never fall in love again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've oh. I, 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 I seen that with a lot of brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, a my lot father. of my godsons. Oh, oh, you know, you're 14 and she broke her, get over it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? But I think that happens with a lot of people, yeah. right? A lot of people, you know, somebody broke in their house and stole their money. Okay, I'm going to have a safe room and I'm going to put all the, you know what I mean? Like, people kind of go all the way to this end. Mm-hmm. I'm not like that. So just because this person took advantage of me, and then these other five people also took advantage of me, doesn't mean you're going to take advantage of me. And so I will always open my home and open my heart, in some cases even open my wallet to help people in the city because I feel like there are other people, as many people who have burned me, there's also many people who I still have relationships with who, who would ride or die for me. You know, like I said, Demonte will tell anybody that I'm the person who supported him. And, and because it's true, I have, right? But I didn't do it so he would tell people that. I did it because I genuinely care about him and I care about his music and I believe in him, right? And I feel like there's a lot of people in the city, and thank you for saying that, that, that do value what I have done. Um, and I think at this point, it, it, that, that, that cacophony, 
outweighs the whispers of people saying negative stuff or people who have done who are not happy with me. Because there are people out there who aren't happy with me. Um, and I, but I think it's more their problem than mine. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's my ask how you navigate navigate the waters like the music industry is like known as like real shiesty and stuff like that. But it's not like your daughter is basically like. Yeah, she's a muscle. She's a muscle. She doesn't. She does. She'll she'll tell me quickly. Don't don't deal with that person. Don't do that. But I know the game, right? And I know a lot of the players in the game, and I have connects that people don't even know that I have. Um, and but I understand the business of it, and that's what I that's really what I've tried to teach people. And most of the people who have not been successful who came through my house didn't listen to me, right? You don't you're not obligated to take my advice, but if you ask for my advice and I give it to you, and you choose not to take it, you can't come back on me and say that I did anything wrong because you chose not to listen to me. So if anybody says, oh, well, Miss Amy hasn't launched this or that, the people that could have launched didn't listen to me. Um, but that being said, I understand how royalties work, how how samples work, how um, split sheets work, how you know what publishing is, and how you know all of the business side of it. I I am very very knowledgeable about, and so you can you know if you know what where the road goes, you can navigate it, mm -hmm. right? And that's that's what it is. Is I know how that road goes, so I you know and and, and I also kind of dropped out of the music thing. I mean, I still have my distribution deal. I still could, you know, at, at any given time, if I saw somebody or heard somebody that I really thought was going to make something shake and I trusted that they weren't going to, you know, screw me over, I would probably back them um, with her approval because they're not letting. She's not. She's not letting me commit to anybody that she, yeah. if she if she has a bad vibe from them, I can't deal with them. Yeah, um, real sensitive energy. Yeah, we both. Like we, extremely. Like yeah. It's ridiculous. What do you I'm Sagittarius. I'm a Libra. I love Sagittarius people. We are the realists. We are the real. Like, what are Sagittarius? What are Sagittarius? When is that? November between November twenty second and December. 20th. My little sister is a. They're the uh, is she, <laughs> yeah, she real. She's like well, real. Well, that's a good balance yeah. because we're, we're so we're, there's there's things that are similar, but we're so opposite, mm -hmm. and so Libras. He's Libra. My mother's a Libra. There's so a, we, we, Libra's, we are Libra uh, gang, honestly, because God, my godsons, two of my godsons are Libras. My granddaughter's a Libra. Thanks, a Libra. So we're a Libra gang. But we need the Sagittarius in our world mm -hmm. because the rest of us are, we're, we're, we're. They're awesome. so forgiving. <laughs> like, we're just going to love everybody. And, you know, if they do me wrong, I'm just going to keep having hopes. I'm like, nah, bro. The Libra I'm used to is you think the most extreme first, and then you have to like scale back a little. Um, you didn't have to think that far off because it's not that deep. <laughs> no, it is. It is. It's always that deep. But, um, but yeah, I think that. Um, wait, what did you ask? I forgot. Oh. Um, oh no, no, no. How are you yeah, navigating? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know. With, with music, if somebody was to come back through, like Wells and Jimmy, I don't think this is a secret, but Wells and Jimmy, um, J so Jimmy Kelso, so back up, Forever FC was Jimmy Kelso, uh, Hi I'm Rye, uh, Skylar Chase, and Luke, right? So Jimmy Kelso still is in my house, because he has a studio downstairs, so why would he leave, 
right? Because you can just go to work. So they're, they are working on stuff. Um, I, that's something I would back, right? Because he's, he's in my house. I mean, Wells has his own record label and his own stuff, so I don't have to do as much as I would normally. But somebody like that, you know, and if Callis ever came to me and said, hey, you know, let's, I, I need to do this or that. So there's people who I would back from a musical standpoint, but for the most part, I'm not doing music. I'm not proactively looking for anybody the way I used to. I used to do far more A&R, and I was like constantly like, oh, hey, hey, can I help you? Like, I was offering my help way too much, probably. Um, and anytime I said, oh, I can help you, I can help you. Like, I was doing that a lot, and I've completely scaled that back and cut that back. Um, and it's about partially because of this. You know, like, I tell people, this is my Tesla. I was going to, well, now I'm going to get a Lucid, but... Um, but you know, when, when Deja and I were in uh, Europe, we had gone to the Montreux Jazz Festival and um, we saw Elton John and um, uh, Janet Jackson and Sting, like back to back over the course of that time. And we were just enjoying Europe, mm -hmm. mother-daughter trip, you know, because prior to that, we'd always taken trips with other people. And so this was like us just relaxing. And I remember sitting there, so this was June, July, July 2019, yeah, and I was sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, when we get home, I'm just going to start saving my money, and I'm going to, this is this before Lucid's had been announced, so I was like, I'm going to get a Tesla, and yeah, and August, I drove down the street, and the sign for this was, because we live, we live three houses away from, mm -hmm. from this block, like okay. literally, it's 144 steps from the front door here to the front door of my house. That's long. So, uh, yeah. so we were driving, yeah. and it's very convenient, and I saw the sign, and I was like, oh, I always wanted one of these, but I always wanted it if it was the top and the bottom. I didn't want, because most of these are rented, the retail space is separate from the residential space. And it just so happened that the whole thing was available. And so I was like, well, let me just see. Let me just see if I can get it. Because I was going to put office space, and then like all the people that have lived in my house, I was like, I'll just let some people live upstairs. And I got it. And so then all the money I thought I was going to save, and I thought I was going to buy a Tesla with, you are now looking at inventory and stuff. That's the universe, though. Like, that's, like, whatever higher power, like... Well, yeah, I mean, and I really do... Out. I mean, I yeah. do believe that there is a purpose for the shop because the way things fell into place and the way the vision that I have for it that literally just kept... Like, things literally... She, she was with me the whole time. Like, I'd be like, oh... The, like, the counter. I was like, oh, I need to get a counter because I want to have candy. I don't know why I want to have candy. I knew I wanted to have wrap snacks, mm -hmm. and I wanted to have candy. So I went to this warehouse and she came with me and I told the guy, hey, I want this, I just, I was just going to get like a just standard like they have in the airport, mm -hmm. right, with the little candy thing. And so I was telling him about the shop and he's like, well, here, let me show you this. And this is an old Belk jewelry case, mm -hmm. and it, but it's like an antique. Mm. And it was less money than the other thing. And then the stereo that's behind you, that's a, that's a turntable stereo. And normally, if you go look for those in like antique shops, they're like three thousand, four thousand dollars, right? Because they, because they, most people like trash them. Mm -hmm. That thing's in impeccable shape. Mm -hmm. This lady mm -hmm. found it in a farmhouse when she bought it, and she bought this land in South Carolina, had a house, and in the house it had like six pieces of furniture that they had left that had been mm -hmm. there for probably twenty years. And that was there, and she listed it on Letgo for hundred and seventy-five dollars. Oh, so it's like you know what I mean. I'm just saying like. The way things have kind of like fallen into place for this to have developed into what it is, even Dang showing up. You know what I mean? Like, 
I, I was not planning on having any any staff. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'll just be sitting here every day by myself. I'm gonna force Deja to do it, even though she's not really enthusiastic about <laughs> interacting with people. Um, but you know, and then Dang and Buddha came and helped convert it. And you know, it would, we would not have been open if they had not come along. Because I was once COVID hit, I wouldn't have been able to, to maintain it by myself. So it's just you know the way in which things have transpired for this to be here is definitely kismet. Yes. Uh, so Deja, all right. Seeing your mother like throughout your life, you know, like having her as like a role model. Yeah, she's your role model. Um, like, what lessons, like, be it business, um, life lessons, whatever, have you learned from her? Oh, that's a good question. Um, my a lot more of like self-reflecting lessons, like if one person has a problem with you it may be the both of y'all but if multiple people have the same problem you need to like recheck and rethink about what you've done different what you can do differently um that in business has been you know an eye-opener because you encounter a lot of different people who either are wanting to be on the receiving end or giving you something and so like having to learn that maybe sometimes I don't have to be so aggressive or even learning that maybe I should be more talkative because I'm very antisocial and that plays really that plays like a big part in like how I maneuver because sometimes I'll be in my head and be like I can't I can't do this. I can't do this. And then I may fuck up the set. My bad. I may mess up the set. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, and so yeah. it's cable. Yeah. Right? Uh, like, or I may say something in my head because I'm not used to talking to people like that. I may say something and in my head it sounds different. But then if she says, hey, you might need to rethink how you said that. Or Dang says, hey, you said that a little differently. So I'm going to be like, okay. Maybe they have a point, but it's just with that, along with, dang, that's a good question. Because there's a lot of stuff I learned, from hey, especially yeah. in business, because like she said, I've grown up with her doing business around me constantly. So like making sure that I know how to separate, and this goes from her working in university with going to trade shows and doing the stuff with like the hip hop scene is like, you have to sometimes well especially when you're doing business you have to separate business and personal like I can't be emotional and want to fight people and want to do all this because they do something different. like I have to move a certain way you got to play your cards a certain way you can't maneuver the same way you would do with oh this is my girlfriend so you know she gonna she gonna look out da 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 and even when doing business I've also had to learn is like I have to know my worth when it comes to what I'm making like even because I make personal custom stuff and I because I was like I want to look out for people you know I, I want to spread the love I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna underprice myself or whatever the word is but like I've had between the both of them they and I don't think I'm very humble in things that I do so when they're like yo you this shit is dope like you shouldn't be you need to up your prices. Tax and it, Yeah, Tax. like, and then even the fact that I do it customly and it's my talent on top of the fact that 
I had to get all the supplies. Mm-hmm. I had to order whatever I had, to, or especially if it's a custom piece and I don't have it, I'm gonna have to order what you are wanting. That takes a whole different, like that's a whole different receipt than just oh, you know, I'm doing it for it. Like you can't always, and it's giving me a lot more respect for other businesses, especially black businesses. Like I'm going to show support, so I don't want you to give me the homie discount. Oh, cause you just fuck mm-hmm. with me, especially because now that I have my own. I'm, I'm going to want you to support me just as much as I want to support you. So I feel like that's one of the biggest ones is because I've noticed, especially in Charlotte, that people, when the pandemic first started, everybody was like, we're going to support a black business. We're going to do this, that, and the third go all out. But it was really just the trend. It was a, te- it was a hashtag on Instagram. Like, because when it comes down to it, when you present them the opportunity to do that, people not really about it so I've had to learn that like even though I'm going people don't do that for me I'm still gonna go hard and still pay that 40 for that t-shirt instead of being like well you know you fuck with me I want that 15 like Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's the most important is like knowing your work and if people not gonna fuck with it you you know what that's just it is what it is like I can't be so personal and be like pouting because somebody didn't want to, because my sometimes my stuff can range from like thirty to ninety dollars, because the amount of products, the amount of things, the amount of time it's going to take. The level um, of involvement. Yeah, the level of involvement. It, it it takes a toll. Like some things may take me an hour, some things may take me a whole week. Like so, knowing my worth and knowing that you know what, it's not personal, and just instead of turning it into like a negative energy, I just be like, you know what, I'm blessed. They they gonna be blessed. Maybe in the next couple of weeks they might have to come back and be like, hey, you know what? That tray I said I didn't want. Okay, I want it now because I got. It. So you just gotta take things how they come. So those are your ass trays. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right. Mm. There's two things that I want to put on that one. Yeah. She's got an ear for music mm-hmm. that so like I was telling you about the different things about rappers and all that. She she does the same thing now. So she will she will listen to somebody's music and she and she's also got talent that I do not have. So mm. she can sing. Mm. Where you know I, I always say I'm Simon Cowell. I have an ear, but I can't do anything. So she's really good at at spotting talent. If we decide to do the record label again, I can have her do A and R. Um, but also with with she knows all my mottos, right? So she's learned all of the all of the, the mottos that I have, and she applies them. Um, and then with with her her artwork and and what she does, she's gotten me. It's almost like I told her how to price her stuff, but then she comes back to me with because people try to get over on me all the time, and it's because there's this perception that oh Miss Amy got it. Well, I'm double y'all's age. When you get to be my age, I hope you have the money I have, right? You should. <laughs> but yes, I make more money than all y'all, but I also have 30 years in the game to get me to the point that I am. But a lot of, I've heard people say, oh, well, you, you got it. So they don't feel like they have to pay me fair prices. So I've had people come in, like I have to hide sometimes. When we have events, I'll be like, I'm not a, like I'll make dang be at the register because if they, if I'm around, They'll expect a discount because they know me. Hmm. And it's like, you, but you have your own business and, and I'm paying full price. I'm going on your website and ordering your stuff full price, no discount, and paying shipping, and I'm getting it picked up. So why are you asking me for a discount? And so she, it's, it's, it's interesting because I'm the one who forced her to 
you know, know her value. But then she comes back to me and she's like, Mom, don't let people, you're not giving, you're not giving. Because I was like, oh, sure, I'll do a discount. Oh, yeah. And she's like, no, yeah, you're not. Yeah, throw you a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was giving shirts away like crazy. Hey, I wish I, 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 I would have been that. nice. Yeah. Well, you know, the oh, people man. who come in, you, can, you probably get a shirt. But, yeah. you know. Nah, I'll pay for it, too. <laughs> um, and so, like, if you should choose to, um, like, do the record label again, like, you feel confident, like, with, you know, Deja having the, yeah, having the reins. And also, so you know how you're, like, uh, Deja knows all your models. So it'll be dope if you came up with, like, a Miss Amy's, like, book of models or something. And she did the artwork. You well, feel me? Wouldn't that be so, awesome? so, yeah. so we've talked about, um, I don't know if you know Black Leg, uh, Electra, but she's hmm. going to be joining us and doing events and stuff like that. And she and I have talked a little bit about... Um, there's a, I have a hashtag. I've created my own hashtag. It's Miss Amy Says. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I had a blog. If you Google, there's a blog out there on WordPress somewhere that was basically me, because I talked a lot. I don't know if you guys noticed mm-hmm. that. So, um, so me talking about religion, because I, because I'm educated. Like I'm educated about no. stuff, and I don't speak about anything I don't know. So. If I don't know about a topic, I'll be like, oh, I can't talk about that because I don't know it. But the things I do know, I will espouse. Them. Like me. And yeah. so, yeah, so this <laughs> he says was my hashtag. And because and a lot of people do come and ask my opinion and my advice about stuff. And it's because I am culturally, I'm 25, 35, right? The majority of my social circle, and some people think that's weird, but it's just the way it's worked out in my life, right? Is the, you know, I don't really relate to people my age because of the music. It provides you with a nuanced perspective. Well, and 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 you know, I I I've known people my age, and my whole thing is what's your, who's your top five. You can tell a lot yeah. about a person by who their top five is, right? right? And you know, I knew this guy, and he came back and said, "Oh, uh, Cool Mo D, um, Rockham," which I was okay with that, but he was like, "Cool Mo D, LL Cool J." And I'm like, dude, I can't with you. Like, I can't, like, and, and then we, we actually stopped talking to each other because he refused to listen to Roddy Rich or Trippy Red. Mm. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Trippy fan. I'm a huge Don Tolliver fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's not a whole lot of people my age that relate to what I'm into, right? So my social circle has become people that are younger than me. And then plus I'm around, you know, this, this is my best friend. So, mm-hmm. you know, and she's she's going to be 23 this mm-hmm. year. So, you know, I'm, and you're my second best friend. Um, yeah. So, yeah. but you know, I hang, I hang around with those people that are younger than me, but I am still older. I ask, I do have life experience. I have exposures to, to your point when I was talking about Biggie and Jay-Z, right? So that's where the Miss Amy hashtag was coming from. And we may either do a clubhouse or um, you know a podcast or something, or you know maybe just have one day a week people can come in and ask and say me anything mm-hmm. or you know something something that mm-hmm. but my mottos will definitively come in there because yes. I, I refer back to them all the time. There's don't make me responsible yes. for what I can't control. Um, that's that's one of my favorite ones. Ooh ooh, lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. It's not hey, yeah, that's, that's 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 a good one. Um, and and, and I, those I are mine. See I them. And I will pull those out of my back pocket like on a regular yeah. basis. So like um, yeah, so, yeah. So but she she's heard them so many times and she's heard my stories so many times because I'm a good. I have I got a good set of stories. They now could probably recite most of them. I the, can. the first the first time Daniel Buddha ever came here to meet with me 
right? So Buddha came to thing. He told me, hey, I've got my friend. We want to intern for you. Mm -hmm. Can we come and, and meet with you? And I was like, sure. They sat where you two were sitting for three hours. True story. Three hours. <laughs> I swear to you, they maybe had two sentences wow. during that time. Oh, wow. I just, because huh. so, when you flip the switch mm -hmm. on me, Tan, I, and I went from just topic to topic to topic to topic to topic because, and I gave them like I'll give I have different levels of my storytelling, mm -hmm. right? So I'll give you like the the quick and dirty version, and I'll give you the halfway version, and then this is the deep dive. Mm -hmm. They got the deep dive on everything because I was like, if you guys are gonna come into my life, you have to know. So it was historical information, <laughs> it was opinionated information, mm -hmm. it was this is what I think, this is what happened, yes. this is the story of what mm -hmm. happened to the other story that happened, mm -hmm. this is why I believe that there is a moon in the sky and the earth is not yes. flat, this is why, you know what I mean, like, yes. this is why I'm not a Christian, yes. like, everything. Yes. Why are you not a Christian? <clears throat> because I believe in energy, mm -hmm. and I believe that, um, I, I think like I said, my mother was a Presbyterian minister, so I grew up in the church. I've read the Bible cover to cover more than once. My mother um, was going to college, was in seminary and uh, going to college when I was young, so I was around her, and she got her uh, undergrad in religious studies. And in order to graduate religious studies, you have to take Bible class in Arabic, Latin, Greek, English, right? She had concordances. She had the Gnostic Gospels. She had the Dead Sea Scrolls. Like every, and she had to study Wicca. And she had to study Buddhism and Hinduism and all these, you know, Islam, right? So I had all of that exposure all my life. And when I was dating this guy, he was a he was a Muslim, and I was going to convert because if you understand, you have to understand like the background and the history of all this stuff because there's historical content beyond faith and. If you look at the, um, the, the Council of Nicaea and Emperor Constantine and how the Catholic Church was formed, and then you look at how the Prophet Muhammad, mm -hmm. peace be unto him, came up with Islam as a reflection, uh, uh, as a counterpart to Catholicism, right? Understanding all that history. So I was going to convert to Islam. And I said to my mother, you know, are you going to be okay with this? And she said, um, I believe that God's God, in whatever form you choose to believe in him or her, speaks to everyone in a voice that they can hear and understand. That's what Africans say. And, and, oh, and, no, and she oh, said, as long as, you, <laughs> as long as you listen to that voice, you're good. Yeah. Right? And so she said, for some people, it's the prophet. Oh. For some people, it's Jesus. Oh, yeah. For some people, it's the wind in the trees. But as long as you follow that voice, she's like, I'm not going to tell you. you know, and that completely opened my eyes to what the possibilities were. And so then I just started reading more and reading more and studying more. And I came to the conclusion that I don't know anything, that there is no real answer, that we are limited as humans by our senses, that there's probably other dimensions. But let's just look at from a scientific perspective. You look up in the sky, there's all those planets. Where are they? Where do they go? When you leave your body, you're energy. Everything is energy. And I always, they've heard this 17,000 times. I always talk about your phone. I was sitting, just today, I was doing Facebook, and a friend of mine doing sent me a Facebook. message. Doing Facebook. Yeah. The Facebook. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was doing, I was doing uh, messaging in my phone, but I also had my laptop up, right? And I hit send, and the message simultaneously showed up in my phone and on my computer, right? Now, technology-wise, if you understand technology, that message had to leave my phone, 
hit the satellite up the street, go to the Sprint store, you know, the Sprint facility, get logged in because they log everything, go up to a satellite, come back down from the satellite. If, if I had sent the message to Dang, he's, on, he's not on Sprint, he's on AT&T maybe, then it has to go to the AT&T facility, go to their satellite, right? All of that stuff happens in a fraction of a second. How does that happen? Energy, right? It's all electronics. You don't see it happen, right? So if that is how electricity and energy works, why can't it work that? We already know that, that that's happening in our bodies, right? So why is it that once our spirit leaves our body, we're now, we can go as fast as we want, wherever we want. We are now at the speed of, speed of light, speed of sound. So is heaven a big bubbly cloud above earth that there's a guy sitting there that's like, I like you, but I don't like you, so you're gonna get cancer and you're gonna get a million dollars? I don't believe that that's the case. I believe that once we leave, leave this realm, we can go anywhere. And so it's not that I'm not a Christian because Jesus is my homeboy and I believe that he was here <laughs> and I believe that, that the things he said were the truth, but I also believe that what Mahatma Gandhi said is the truth. I also believe what Mother Teresa said was the truth. I also believe the prophet Muhammad said was the truth, right? All of these people were enlightened and brought some truth to what we know, which is basically love each other and be nice to each other. That's the tenets of it. all that's of them. That's it. As, yeah. long as, as, long as, you, as long as you're good, Simple. you're good, Simple right? Exactly. If you're a sociopathic evil person, and there's a lot of sociopaths in this world, mm -hmm. like narcissists in this world, mm -hmm. okay, then, you know, but they still get, they still get stuff good happens mm -hmm. them. I feel like it, ultimately everybody, like I always call it Bernie Madoff syndrome. Right? If you know, do you know who Bernie Madoff is? Mm -hmm. Okay, so Bernie Madoff, yeah, yeah. you know who he is? Okay, so he basically was a multimillionaire for a long mm -hmm. time until he wasn't. Mm -hmm. And now his ass is, if he's not dead already, he's in jail, mm -hmm. right? So it's like everybody who does some shiesty shit ends up at some point, either they're unhappy, right? Because mm -hmm. all the money in the world doesn't necessarily make you happy. It makes being happy easier, mm -hmm. trust and believe. I wouldn't mind having hey. more money. But um, I think that I'm past Christian. It's not that I'm. It's not that I'm agnostic, and I don't believe that any of this exists. I just feel like limiting my faith to a man who supposedly looks like whatever, and that that person is making decisions on my life, and I have to ask him to grant me wishes, doesn't make sense to me. And I feel like my manifestations of energy are far more productive. And if you think about it, wishes, prayers, all of it's all the same thing, right? So it's your it's your mental power and it's speaking truth to power. And so I think that when you take the man-made aspect out of all religions, whether it whatever it is, you know, that's one of the things that my mother told me. She's like, you have to realize that the level of knowledge that these people who wrote these scriptures had was limited. So they had to have answers to questions. So if you go look at the book of Leviticus, right? Leviticus is the rule book with the punishments. If you understand Leviticus, you can really understand Christianity. Because Leviticus is like, don't masturbate. Women have to sit in a hut when they're on the periods. Don't get tattoos. Don't, don't eat, eat pork. pork. Don't, don't eat shrimp, yeah, right? Well, well, why don't you eat pork? Because at the time, they didn't understand trichinosis worms. So you could go kill a cow or kill a deer to you know, slice its meat, stick it out to dry, and eat it, and you'd be fine, right? You can eat it rare. You can, to this day, if you take a piece of meat and you cut the top and bottom off because bacteria doesn't penetrate muscle meat, but pork has trichinosis in it, so you have to cook pork well done. Well, all they knew, I eat beef, I don't die. I eat pork, I die. God not, must not want me to eat pork, 
So I won't put it in the thing. Mm -hmm. The other thing about Leviticus is everything in the book of Leviticus is about, is against Greek and Romans, right? So the Greeks and the Romans had the mythology going on at the time, right? Well, they were like, don't be like them. So if Greeks and Romans had tattoos, well, don't get a tattoo. Mm -hmm. If Greeks and Romans were having sex in the temple, well, don't have sex in the temple, right? So that's what they built that all up off. But if you read it, every one of those don't do's comes with a what's your punishment. Mm -hmm. So if you masturbate, you have to go sprinkle blood around the temple. If you um, get a tattoo, you have to go cut the head off a chicken or whatever. Like there was all these different, here's the rule, here's the punishment. So the whole point of Jesus' resurrection and Jesus' death was he was the ultimate blood sacrifice. So if you believe in Jesus, then now you don't have to go kill any chickens or sprinkle any blood. That's literally what the whole Bible is about. That's, that's, mm -hmm. Take everything else out of it. Yeah. That's the core of it. Mm -hmm. right? And I feel like I don't need Jesus to die for my sins. I'm accountable for my own behavior. And I also don't live my life for if I'm going to heaven or if I'm going to hell. I live my life for my happiness on a daily basis. Yes. So if I die and I get to go someplace, bonus, <laughs> right? That's great. But I don't think that I'm going to die and go to the core of the earth and mm -hmm. there's going to be a guy with a pitchfork stabbing me in the ass. Yeah. I just don't feel like that's a reality. <laughs> and I also don't feel like when I go to heaven. I mean, like you have to think logically, right? Mm. So let's say you, you had three great loves of your life, mm. right? You were married three times, and these three women were, every one of them was your soulmate, and the only reason you're not with any of them because they died, right? I love you so much, I married you for 10 years, you died. I get the next one, I love you so much, you die. I get the third one, right? You die and go to heaven, who do you get to be with? I mean, it's just there's just like logical things about that, right? And so the whole, like, I, I die, I get to see my loved ones. What if your loved ones don't want to see you? You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, there's so much logical... If you start to apply logic, and people don't do that. People want to go to church, and the preacher tells them that most people don't read the Bible. I mean, if you even look at Trump Christians, right? Mm -hmm. None of them operate in any sort of Christian capacity. Yeah. But saying that they're a Christian is cool, mm -hmm. right? And it's what they're supposed to say. But most people who claim Christianity have probably never read the, read the Bible cover to cover, probably have no idea what's behind the scriptures that they believe in. And they literally go to church because they feel like if they tithe 10%, that God's going to bless them and they get to go to heaven. And excuse the rest of the BS, you know, that they do. Yeah, the bullshit. Yeah, the being a bad person. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Let me let me tie 10% so the pastor can get a private jet. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's really what happens. Well, that doesn't happen everywhere. Right. I always have to put that out there because I'm a pastor's kid, so. No, I trust yeah. me. I, 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 well, that's the thing. Like, that, so my mom, this is a little side story. I can I, I do sometimes. My mom was a minister. She was the associate pastor at the church. And literally, the senior pastor started all these rumors against her, and it was a whole fracture of the church, and my mom ended up leaving. Why? Because more people were asking her to do funerals and uh, weddings, and that's, their that's how they get bonuses, right? So that's seriously, like, when you're a pastor, you get a salary. Now, if you're in a big church, you get a bigger salary, but if you're in a regular-sized church, you get a salary, but then you make your money because when you do weddings and funerals, they, they pass you the cash, right? You get speaking engagements. Yeah, you get you get the, you get the envelope, right? Yeah, like so the you, 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 you get the tips, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So my mom was making more money in tips 
than he was, and he didn't like it because people liked her better. Mm -hmm. So he started all these rumors to get her booted out of church so he could get his tips back. But you know, karma, karma's a bitch Mm -hmm. because that man ended up getting liver cancer, and then his uh, his mistress, who he had had for seventeen years, showed up at the hospital when he was dying. That's very Christian of him to have a mistress for seventeen years. No, no. Um, And so, like, mad random. The in regards to like the electricity, you know, your hearts they Mm -hmm. um, electro, they're electromagnets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, um, you've got electricity generating from your heart. So like, filling people's vibrations and all of that. That's like real life. You know. I do. Yeah. I definitely feel. I, 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 I'm more discerning now because I've had to be. Um, Deja has been discerning from very little. I mean, I, rem- I remember even her being a baby, like two years old, four years old, and she would tell me she didn't like people. Mm-hmm. And she would like immediately have a visceral reaction. And I would be like, they're perfectly fine. She'd be like, no. She, like, she really would, um, she could identify people's now, that being said, there have been people who have gotten past both of us, mm-hmm. right? But I think that those are master manipulators can can mask their energy and can flip their energy so that you are not aware. Yeah, really good at having hidden intentions. Yeah. Even now, dealing with those few that did in the past get past me, I've been able to see like or even notice the little signs where I thought that it was a different case, and now I'm just like, I'm very more receptive. Yeah, yeah like you learn, you know, it's the same thing as you learn anything else, you learn from your experiences. So now it's like, you know, I would say we peak game. Right? Yeah. You can see what's up with people now that we did it before. We also are very much more trusting. Um, and not, again, not that I don't trust people, because there are people who, like I trust a day immediately, like immediately. Um, there was no, you know, question, but that even though I emotionally I trusted him immediately from a business perspective, they went through an internship for two, three months mm-hmm. before it took they were me like three yeah. to four months to even say that I liked them or even that I wanted to talk to them. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't even trying to talk. To she was like, "Why you got these people working in this shop?" She was blown away. Like, why? Why are they working for free? I like, like I don't understand. It's because like in the past. You wanna you wanna see the best out of somebody, or give everybody the benefit of the doubt. But you have to learn, especially encountering mass manipulators. You have to learn that not everybody's like you. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't just going. As soon as she said, "Oh, they just want to intern because they want the experience," I'm like, "Nobody time for me. Don't play with me." Like, there's no. Way they got free shirts. As, oh, see. As time, <laughs> Some incentive. Yo, yeah. yo, <laughs> As time went on, like, I had to really take my time to, like, notice how they react to certain things, how they moved in certain situations, how they moved when the, the pressure is applied. And what pressure was applied? Just in, especially in his position of being the event manager or when we even when we had events like I don't really have a job except for being security here. But, like, how he handles, okay, if we said that everybody's going to be out here by 11, we wrapping shit up at 1030, like, 
how are you going to handle that? Or how are you going to handle being at the register? How are you handling, you know, when we have staff meetings and, you know, there's personal information given, like, the financials of certain things when it comes to the store. I had to see how he would move and how he handled <coughs> that because in the past I've seen people fold. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't, I'm not the type of person that I'm just expecting everyone is going to fold. But I definitely had to, he had to go through trials and tribulations with me before. And now, it's my dog. Like, I trust this, this man with everything at this point. But, yeah. Yeah, but they should definitely, like, I'm, I am way more trusting with people. Even, even though I've been burned more than she has, but she, like, but by osmosis, mm -hmm. right? If I get hurt, she gets hurt. Yeah. So, you know, that's one thing that, that has been... Um, a, I might say drawback, but one of the things that I've been sad about in her life <laughs> is that there, there's definitively people who do not like me, mm. and 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 I, I often ask why because there's I can't think of anything I've done to anybody intentionally to hurt them, mm. um, or cause them any harm. That's just not who I'm as a person. But there's definitely numerous people who, and and I I've come to the conclusion. Um, Somebody told me that it's shame mm -hmm. that when people when people do somebody dirty they feel shame mm -hmm. and instead of embracing that shame and, and realizing that they push it back out on that person um, so maybe that's it mm -hmm. um, but there are definitively people who we collectively had relationships with they decided they didn't like me or didn't want to have anything to do with me and she suffered as a part of it mm -hmm. right because they stopped having a relationship with her. For no, she did nothing. She no. certainly, I mean, I don't think I did anything wrong either. No. But, you know, at least the relationship I had was directly with them. And they decided, hey, I don't fuck with Miss Amy anymore no. for whatever reason. But then she's ended up suffering from it. And that that's probably one of the only bad things about this, like, level of discernment that we kind of have now is I have to, I'm, I'm very much, even though she's not a child anymore, right? A lot of this was stuff when she was a kid. Um, I'm still very cautious about who I bring around her because of that um, and and so you know I, I do think a little bit more about the people I interact with uh, because I do feel it and, 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 and then subsequently now dang right because you know, guard. If I because if I bring if I bring somebody into the shop and I'm like okay we're gonna work with this person or we're gonna have this involvement with this person and if they don't they're not feeling it I can't just, you know, there's there's been maybe one or two times where I've been like, hey, I'm doing this for this reason, mm -hmm. and I've justified it. There's a lot, there's logic behind why I'm doing it, but I do have to take into consideration if they are not comfortable with this situation, or I can't make. I'm not the kind of CEO that's just going to make a unilateral choice without consulting my my staff, yes. right? And and you know, to that extent, they just staff, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 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 Because like. You've been all quiet, so yeah. I'm like, I mean, that's that's usually how I am, though, because like when it comes to situations like that, and I've seen Miss Amy get burned mm -hmm. a couple times, I usually just fall back and I watch the person and I see how they act and I pick up on things because a lot of people, that's because like I'm quiet a lot. A lot of people don't realize how smart I am. Mm -hmm. Like I'm an intellect. I don't I don't talk. I don't need to talk. I don't need to show anything. I don't want to be popular, so I don't care about the popular kids. I'm going to keep it real and honest and genuine. So I sit back and I just observe the person, how they act. And nine times out of ten, they don't even notice me. 
they're more focused on what Miss Amy is saying or they're more focused on acting right in front of Deja. They don't even see that I'm watching you. Like, I see what you're doing. Incognito. That's the best part about our team because, like, she's the head, we're the arms, and then the, everybody else is kind of like the rest of the body. But the thing about, like, our teamwork is, like he said, people will try to act be on their best behavior in front of me and he'll be watching and then like after the fact we'll be like so did you notice this okay we both noticed mm-hmm. this okay so now now we on the same page so i think it's all working together in our different perspectives and she's more of the like surface we're gonna talk that i'm gonna take you for face value i'm more of the i'm peeping you like and he's the same way but he's more I like, fall back. Yeah. Like, like when Miss Amy says something, it's like I don't agree with you, Miss Amy, but I'm gonna fall back because I trust your decision making. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's but he also knows that I will listen to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's mm-hmm. you know I I feel like I always say that a good CEO provides direction and resources, mm-hmm. but is not a micromanager. Um, throughout my career of having staff work for me, because I I started managing staff when I was like 23. Um, I worked directly for a CEO at a company and I had 25 people working for me. I was running the, the whole manufacturing and I was young, but I still had, and, and, and to this day I still am friends with some of those people because they said I was the best boss. Of course. Yeah. Um, but I, I make a point of, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. I'm going to give you the resources you need. I'm going to tell you what I want the end result to be. If you need my help, come to me and ask me, I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna give you direction, but I am not gonna necessarily tell you how to do stuff. I want you to fall on your face, I want you to make mistakes, I'm gonna tell you when you make mistakes. You can't get your feelings about that, because especially in this environment, because this we've, we've, we've kind of labeled this like a, a, a learning hospital, right? Mm-hmm. This, this is a teaching experience. Mm-hmm. So for him, he's, he's gonna be able to take this and have a resume that says he can do all of these different things. And, but, when he doesn't think that I'm handling something right, or if something doesn't make sense, or whatever, he comes to me and I, I listen to him. I, I definitely take, you know, I mean, I'm trained well mm-hmm. because somebody else tells me what, I'm, what, what I need to do and what I'm not doing right, but, um, you know, I definitely don't think, even at my age, even with my experience, I am not perfect by any means. I make mistakes. I, um, you know, I've, I've, I'm, I try not to hurt people. Um, but one of the things that Deja has pointed out to me is the way in which I talk to people, I have no intention of being mean to you. Mm-hmm. I have no intention of hurting your feelings. But sometimes that happens because of the way in which I say things, right? Um, and the way my brain works, right? So I, I immediately talk on what I see. Candidly. So I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, have a good filter um, on stuff like that. And, but I'm aware of that, you know what I mean? So I feel like I try very hard to let people, even with my clients, you know, I'll tell my clients, every single client I've had since I started doing consulting, guaranteed one person in that company at least is gonna hate my guts. Mm-hmm. Every single time, every single time. Because I'm a consultant, right? The consultant is supposed to come in and be the expert. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm the expert, I'm gonna point out the stuff that's wrong and somebody did that wrong thing. So if that person is not prepared to know that they're wrong, they're gonna hate me mm-hmm. for that, right? That happens in, in, in my real life too. I mean, there's going to be people who just don't like how I deal with these mm-hmm. things. Um, but, you know, I'm lucky that Dang, Dang doesn't take anything personal. Mm-hmm. Right? And, I, and, 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 and he understands that I don't mean anything personal. 
So when I say, you know, I don't like the way you open that Ramu mm-hmm. bottle, it's the fact that I didn't like how you open it. Doesn't yes. mean I don't like you. Mm-hmm. I still love you. You're mm-hmm. a great person. I just didn't like how you opened that bottle, yeah. right? Oh, and man. he really he doesn't take it. Per- he doesn't mm-hmm. be like, oh, Miss Amy, you don't like me now, and you hurt my feelings. So, yeah, he does. He definitely doesn't do that. Good thing you weren't here the first time I opened the bottle because it was pop- horrible. It was like, I, like yeah. they're dangerous. It was. Dangerous. I didn't know what I was doing. It was like. I had to use a pen to like put the ball down there, I think. No, yeah, that's was, not how you're yeah, supposed to. There's instructions on the I bottle. Know, I didn't read the bottle. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, you know, people are just interesting, though, man. Especially if you get up manipulating them. I don't know, people. And also, like, going back to the, um, like, with you being the consultant and um, providing, like, the critique, you also, like, with Dang. Um, like you didn't just provide the critique, you also provided the advice. So it's like it's constructive criticism. So, yeah, I uh, definitely, I definitely yeah. try to do that. I think that um, my objective overall is to, I want my legacy to be that people have become great, mm-hmm. right? And that, that's why I'm saying like there's there's a, a woman who um, she came to work for me. This is way back in. in the, 90s, I think. Um, she was her her uh, boyfriend had just gone to jail. He was a gangbanger. She had a six month old baby. Her aunt had recommended her best friend for the job, and then the best friend came to me and said, "Hey, will you give my friend a shot?" And I went to the aunt and I said, "That's your niece. Why didn't she's like I, she's a, she's she's a fuck up. I wouldn't want mm. you to, to talk to her." She came to the interview with flip flops and brought her baby. <laughs> and she mm. sat down with me and she said, I just need a chance. Mm. That's all I need. And I hired her and she ended up being the best employee I had. Um, and we reconnected on Facebook probably a year ago. And she was like, you completely changed the trajectory of my life. She's remarried. She's got kids. She's built a whole entire career um, in the industry that we were in. She and her husband have a probably house bigger than mine now. Mm. You know, she's got this great. And, and she said, had you not done that for me? And that's what I want to do for everybody. You know, anybody who comes and asks me advice or asks me for direction, I want to be able to give them a gift that they can then take and go on with. And, you know, not everybody wants to accept that. Not everybody wants to do that. Some people want to um, just taunt me for no reason. There's people who, you know, I've, I've had people say horrific things about me um, to my face and behind my back. Um, and, and I think part of it is the age difference that people, they, they want, because they, to me, that's the reason why I make people say Miss Amy, mm-hmm. right? I always say if you're over 35, you can just call me Amy, mm-hmm. but, you know, but even that, it's weird. I don't like, it's like my good friends call me Ames, um, my, some of my godchildren they call me Ma, um, Preston call me Gouts, um, but, you know, the Miss Amy thing is very important because as back all the way to me talking about being having this cultural, you know, social circle, there's still a level of respect mm-hmm. that I want to make sure I maintain because I don't need anybody talking out the side of their neck at me. Mm-hmm. And I've had it happen. You know, I've had people feel like they can just say whatever they want to me. And so I try to make sure, yeah, I listen to the same music you listen to. We can have conversations about any topic you want. I'm going to tell you, you know, whatever you want to know. Um, but there still needs to be some level of respect because people... You know, some people have gotten very reckless with me. Hmm. And <coughs> here's, here's the thing people don't realize. 
Deja, her father is crazy. He's crazy. We love him. He's the greatest. But he, that's where she get it from. Yeah, he's he, he, <laughs> called the tussle gene. Like this man used to just like to go out and get in fights for no reason. Um, but she gets it from both sides. And it, my, he, he told me once. He said, I, I, I always thought you didn't have a line. I just realized your line's further back than mm. other people, which is true. I will allow people up to a certain level, but when I get to a point, I'm worse than her. Mm. Right? I don't want to have to get to that point. You don't think you don't, you don't think so? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no. She wants to be the meanest one in the house. It's oh, not right. even that. It's she. We're different. I won't even compare because that's not comparing pain. You can't compare stuff like that. Well, so my methodology like, is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like my methodology is different. I'm. I'm not. There's no way I'm going to physically. There's no. There will be never be anything physical that will happen. Mm-hmm. I am not going to fight you. Mm-hmm. She'll drag somebody. Mm-hmm. Right, that, with that, with, without thinking twice, I will never do that. But if all of a sudden all your money's missing from your bank account, mm. if all of a sudden your website goes down, mm-hmm. if all of a sudden you know somebody shows up at your door and you, you can know, get touched, dog shit on your mm-hmm. phone, you, you don't know, you never know, <laughs> you never know, <laughs> you never know what kind of, what kind of, what kind of, you know, stuff how bored you are. Yeah, yeah. I, exactly. <laughs> I've, 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 I've pulled some information on people, yeah. and and you know I'm. Very, you have to figure. I had a Tandy computer with a cassette. Mm-hmm. I used to bubble Fortran cards. My computer knowledge is impeccable, mm-hmm. and people sleep on that because if they figure, oh, she's old, she doesn't even know how to set the time on the VCR. I run circles around, you know, circles. You say the people. Facebook. Huh? You say the Facebook. I say the Facebook <laughs> and the YouTube yeah, oh. and the inter- and the Instagrams. I definitely say those things. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I I can take that computer apart, put it back together. And one time, my goddaughter was dating. This is a funny story. She was dating this guy, and I was like, um, "What's his name?" She's like, "No, I don't want to tell you his name." And she's like, "I don't want you to meet him yet." And I was like, no, just, you know, so she, I, I, I don't think she gave me his full name, she, but she gave me enough information. Literally, she was sitting across my desk from me. I did this, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and I turned my computer around. There was his mugshot. And I'm like, is this him? She's like, how did you do that? And I was like, I'm not the one. Yeah. No, nah, she is really good at that. And I've got, like, a sprinkle of it, so I'm starting. I'm not as good at the computer <laughs> stuff. But like when it comes to like finding out the yeah, I'm like a monster. You making a monster? So this is this is how my brain works, right? So I my my public service announcement to anybody who has somebody who cheats on them. You know those little tiles that they have that you put on the key rings, right? Oh no! No. And there's a lot of places in a car you can hide that's how my mind works so that's what i'm saying is you know i'm not the one to mess with because i will i will think outside the box Deja's going to immediately just go for the judgment day is more like me i think it might be it's a libra thing but he's he's going to probably sit you down and have a stern conversation with you that's probably if you get me to the point, I don't know. If you get me to the point, I might crack a bottle over your head. Oh my god! Don't don't push don't push yes, me. Sir. Almost happened though. Mm. Almost happened, but I'm not gonna get that. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey. yeah. 
Okay, we're gonna have to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. Do we I'll wanna turn this off so we can talk about it? So basically, the message is don't push anybody at the corner's buttons yeah. because. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're super hard. Yeah, we'll give you a cup of coffee. It's and but don't me. go left. Coffee's yeah. phenomenal, by the way. Okay, like, okay. I had a cup, yes. Coffee, the corner, the corner roast the corner, coffee yes. available at www.thecornerclt.com. Copy your bag. <laughs> so, quick switch. Yeah, some music real quick. Yeah, right. you've said it a lot of times, but you have not actually listed them. Who are your top five? Um, okay, so here's the thing: top five greatest rappers of all time, or top five hot. Like, they, so there's top no five goats. Top five okay. greatest of all time. So I'm gonna say Kendrick. Diz Gabron, which you'll have to Google because you probably don't know about him. He's only had one album. Um, he is he came out with the album, two albums actually, um, but he ended up retiring from rap because his parents owned the Kinsey Collection, which is the large, which is the biggest African American owned art collection in the country. And in fact, the painting that they showed during the inauguration that that uh, Joe, Bi- Joe Biden picked that was a, that came from the Kinsey Collection. Oh, so wow. um, he's he's my second favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say um, Childish Gambino, um, and so that's three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna throw Jay Z in there. Just, I knew he was good just at just yeah just Jay Z comes and goes for me, but. Um, old consist, can, yeah, old Jay Z. But I like my favorite record of his is Kingdom. Uh, is, is Kingdom is Kingdom Come? The one that's got beaches on it. I think it's called Kingdom Come. It's the red album. Yeah, that's Kingdom. Yeah. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who are big Jay Z fans really hate that album. Well, this mm-hmm. is the reason. Really? Yeah. 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 I like his first one back though after his little third. The reason the yeah. reason I like that album so much is because he did not give a fuck. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he literally said, "I'm gonna make music I like." Right, because he had just made. See, that's the thing. I'm a student. He had just made um, uh, Hard Knock Life, and that crossed him over. So then he was like, "Oh, you like that? You like that crossover music? You like that radio music? Guess what? I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want now <laughs> on some Christina Aguilera shit." Um, and then I would say of the new rappers, because I'm gonna put a new rapper in, in there mm-hmm. um, today. I'm gonna say Don Oliver. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> A month ago, I might, like I leave a space right there. Um, Roddy Rich has had that space. Travis Scott has definitely had that mm-hmm. space. Trippy. Um, Trippy definitely has had that space. Um, and in fact, we went backstage for um, the Trippy show. And um, when I met him, I told him he was in my top five because in that moment he was. So there, that kind of rotates a little bit. But Diz and Kendrick will be there forever. Mm-hmm. They're never going away. Um, you know, I, I feel like... If Biggie had lived, he probably would have been there with Jay Z in the same. But see, because see, because then I can I can break down all these things, right? So like, Biggie um, created syllabization that nobody ever did before, where he dropped words, right? Um, Eminem is a, is is definitely one of my favorites because he can write a beat. Nobody writes a beat better than Eminem. Period. It just that they nobody can. Um, so there's different rappers I like for different reasons, but um, just for who I want to put on and listen to. Those, those are where it's like I'll listen to Lemonade. Deja, I had to play it for me the other day because I like to sing that song a lot. Um, but I, I mean, I, I definitely say I like new, a lot of the new artists that are coming out. I'm obsessed, obsessed with Jack Boys, and, and that's why I said Don Toliver. Like that mm. whole collective, mm-hmm. I just think they're amazing. <laughs> Sorry, I had to um, think of this. 
but I, I just think they're amazing. And and they actually, um, after Forever FC disbanded, I didn't listen to music for like five years. Like oh. I, Dave will tell you, I just recently started listening to music again. Like I, I had PTSD off of that. Mm -hmm. So I really didn't, you know, I, I definitely couldn't listen to any of their music. Um, and I've recently started going back, like they had never heard Hi, I'm Rye or um, uh, City of God's Jimmy Kelso. And I made mm -hmm. him sit here and we listened to the whole thing. And I was like, man, that was cla they're classics. They're, cla they're amazing. Like there's, and, and I, I say that because I love them, but also if somebody was just played that for me and I didn't know who, but I still think it was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I just recently, actually since I opened the shop, started listening to music again. And it was, wow. it was sitting here, you know, putting YouTube on, but also that whole genre, because I feel like the Migos and, and Future and Young Thug, and, you know, I, I liked them, but I didn't really like embrace them. Right? Mm -hmm. And so that was what was kind of happening during the, that five years was that was kind of the music that was coming out. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I feel like Travis has graduated past that. Yeah. So like <clears throat> um, piggybacking like off of that statement. Um, so like what initially got you into hip hop was the um, the lyric um, the lyric uh, the lyricism. Mm -hmm. And then with the lyricism, like with any form of art, whether it be like visually or um, audibly, like it's a reflection of the time so like with the you opening the corner store and then having you know like art venue um like art um various like events you know just like events that you know um yeah events that are tied to the culture it's like um yeah it's like you've always had that connection to the culture you know yeah, this is I just mean, manifestation I, of it yeah i, th I feel like i also Going back to what you guys asked me about my family growing up, my, my parents, it was always about helping young people achieve their greatness, right? Whether it was giving them advice about going to college, whether it was helping them get jobs, whatever. That's kind of um, my impetus is, is I want to see young people thrive. Mm -hmm. It just happens to be that I love hip hop too. And so, um, and, and also, like I said, my parents never tried to pass me. Um, I didn't meet my real father until I was 24, but I've always embraced my blackness. Even though a lot of people look at me and don't look at me and see, I always say I, I, I relate to trans people because I know what it's like to live in a body that doesn't, that doesn't fit you, right? I'm a black woman, whether the world outside accepts it, they want to call me Rachel, whatever her name is, or whatever. My fa look, my, there's a picture of my father in here somewhere. That's a black man. But, um, but, um, yeah, there it goes. Uh -huh. Um, but, uh, you know, oh, black, black culture. Oh, huh. And, yeah, that's my real father. That's dope. Um, that's dope as but, but I like supporting, this supporting, but supporting, oh. um, black owned businesses. Um, yeah. And hip hop is black That's music, cool. you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Deja put everything I love in this. Oh, I, I like this table a lot. <laughs> I never expected the It took her a long time to build this. You had to do it by layers. Yeah, yeah. And this, it was crazy. Is this was one of the biggest at the time? It was one of the biggest projects I had done, and it was my first like big project and it came out way better than I expected it to mm -hmm. for it to be because I had never I just was doing ashtrays when I first started like and then I had this idea to do this table for her and it was going to be a Christmas present but then because it was going to take me way longer than I anticipated I waited to give it to her until the grand opening 
Which was yeah. oh yeah we had grand opening grand closing so we we had our, we had our grand opening for CIAA the last week of February and then mm -hmm. Charlotte COVID. Charlotte shut down March 9th. so yeah, we literally so, were open for a week but it was it's nice it's got it's, it was more than I thought it was gonna be and now now I'm gonna progress into doing more tables mm. okay um, I've already done like one I just like doing stuff like. I don't know, I'm very handsy when it comes to being creative. Like, I do the music stuff as well, but I really kind of lose myself in this. I didn't realize, like, for a long time, I didn't have, especially after I graduated, I felt like I didn't have a purpose. I felt like anytime I would think of what I wanted to do, it would be like a blank sheet of paper. And then one day I was on Instagram and I saw this guy do this canvas. And he was pouring resin on it and I was like, bro, what is that? And then my brother did his own table with resin and it was just like, you know, sometimes like we've talked about the universe throws shit at you. Mm -hmm. And so like it was constantly being shown up on my on all of my social media. Anytime I was talking that like it would resin would come up in the conversation of something that I was talking about. So I just was like, bro, let me get into this. So it's been fun and I like it so I just do different shit and I like challenging myself and like seeing what I can do some things are trial and error some things work out the first try for <laughs> example right here so yeah but and like with it being a blank canvas like with you being an artist with your blank canvas you could do whatever you want to with it yeah. you know like that's like yeah and that's, like, what, she's, I mean, that's yeah. what she's done like this this table is great because like at the back to why we got the tables you know pictures she put everything I love into this table, and that's the thing that she's done mm. with all of her custom work. Is she's every one of her pieces is definitively, you can tell that she put her energy into mm -hmm. it, her care into it, and what she thought people would like. Um, so she's definitely, you know, it's not just oh let me mass produce it. It's all custom work that she's done. I just got chills. I don't know if it's <laughs> oh, like, oh yeah, that's weird. Oh no, yeah. You, oh. Look, look. Once you know what kind of manifestation happens in this place, you, you know. Right. Look, if you you have to be prepared to come in here, um, and, and I don't say that to scare anybody, but people have come in here and been like, like people who are sensitive to energy have come in here and said said stuff like, mm. "What's going on?" Like they come in here and they're like, "Yo," like they can feel it. Right, and so, and I think that I think that's it's not just me anymore. It's mm -hmm. me and her today. Um, you know, we we definitely generate the environment. Mm -hmm. This is the best way I can say it. So, so we've been wrapping for a minute. Um, before we bounce, got a question that you answered the question about the extra, you know, terrestrial life. Yeah. So, uh, you want to do the honors of you know, or generally we have more questions. Kurt, brother Kurt, go ahead. It's on you. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much already up there. Uh, do y'all believe in aliens? Like. Absolutely. Here's the thing, though, that I would qualify that. I do not necessarily believe that aliens have eyes, nose, mouth, legs, arms, right? Because, again, the human mind, we imagine what we know, mm -hmm. right? So we know life as water, oxygen, hearts, lungs, Right, because all of the life on, on, on Earth is that way. Whether it's a, a it's a fish or it's a dog or it's a human, eyes, brains, right? Mm -hmm. So we have this idea that alien life is going to be like that. We when we go exploring and looking at Mars, we're looking for life because we're looking for water, we're looking for oxygen. 
there could be, we could, the moon could have life on it right now that we don't understand or see because we are imagining that it has to have ears, eyes, right? And it could be, aliens could be here right now. Like I said, all of this energy, you cannot see it, you cannot touch it, you cannot smell it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. There was so. a movie based on that premise. Like the aliens were energy. Yeah, the yeah. aliens. So, so aliens could be. Aliens could be. They can be this big. They could be four times the size of us. They don't necessarily have the same intelligence that we have, but they probably have. There's probably electricity or energy having to do with them. But how life formulates and creates alien life. And alien means not of us, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not it's not alien. They're they're themselves unto themselves. So even though using the word alien is not necessarily appropriate, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but, but like you see these movies of you know like Area Fifty Nine and stuff like that, and people they, it's always like they've got legs and they might have big heads or whatever. But we always imagine them to be something corporal that we can see and and, and, and interact with. Who's to say it could? We literally could have. You know whether it's spirits, whether it's whatever, floating around us right now, and just because our senses cannot recognize it, then we assume it's not there. So that's why that's why I always say I know that I don't know anything. Nobody's ever given that answer before. That was far perspective. Far out, yay! I succeeded. I love that answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't get Angels look, there's so many topics so. you don't want to get me started on. Mm. I I told I spent a half hour telling this woman about Henry VIII's lineage and everything about him just because she had a guitar with it chopped mm. off with the, the head chopped off. So, she was like, "Who's who's the queen that got her head chopped off?" Uh -huh. I was like, "Oh, Anne Boleyn." Let me tell you. And I literally mm. this woman was like looking at me crazy, and I was like, "So this is the Tudor dynasty, and this is what." King Henry, and I ran, and then all of a sudden I was like, "What the? How do I know this shit? Like, why do I know this?" Chock full of facts, like it's that's... crazy. It's very like the random ass trivial knowledge that I have about anything. Because I, if I read something or I see something, I remember it. I don't have a photographic memory like how you think about it, mm -hmm. but it's just like random information just gets stored up here. Yeah. And it's, I mean, Dang's had to deal with it more than probably anybody. Honestly, honestly. Miss Amy is one of the few human beings that I say is smarter than me. Hey, Just oh, from experience alone. Nice. Like, oh. uh. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, that, I really... And, 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 and it's funny because I, for a long time in my life, I dimmed my light, mm -hmm. right? I, I actually have a crazy, scary high IQ. And when I got tested as a kid, they, like, pulled me out of regular school and put me in this it wasn't even like a high achiever school it was literally for like phenomenally smart kids and it's weird because when you have a high IQ it's literally divided into thirds so like a third of people are uh, high IQ high achievers those are the people like my friend Gina who ended up being a biochemist and has published papers because she went to Stanford and all this other stuff a third are just like normal people like me and my other friend Anne who ended up you know, being a bartender or whatever, like we just try to live normal lives. And then there's the people that kind of go crazy who end up, they're super intelligent, but they can't, their brain, they can't handle how their brains work mm -hmm. and they end up not becoming, they become failures, mm -hmm. right? And so I've been in this middle thing, but what happened was 
people start treating me differently and being pulled out of the school. Like I learned oceanography in the third grade. Like I, it was crazy the stuff that I learned. So when I went to high school, I made my parents seal my transcripts so that none of my teachers knew about what I had done. And I just was like, I'm just gonna be regular, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to get A's. I got like a 3.6. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I didn't go out of my way. Um, it's only been recently that I actually will say I'm really. Like it took a long time for me to embrace it and to, you know, be willing to. to but now I will tell you, I'm really smart. Like it's scary. It scares my. I, I scare myself sometimes because I'll be like, how do I? Why do I know these things? Like why, you know? And like I figure stuff out even with my clients. I'll be on calls with my clients and I'll just start. To, I don't think I got it. Like I literally don't know how I know stuff sometimes. So. Wealth of information. Come to the corner. A Renaissance woman. You were a Renaissance woman. That's why. Oh, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A Renaissance woman. I mean, woman. She's, she's, she's where the roads lead. Yes. Everybody hey. comes here. Yeah. So it's like, hey. And, 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 and that is, you know, if we're wrapping stuff up, I will say that's, that's the one thing I want people to know is I'm not going to be here all the time, huh. but um, I live down the street. Huh. So if anybody comes here and wants to talk to me or wants to, you know, ch chop it up, Dang can dang will probably be here all the time. Um, it's literally a phone call. If I'm down the street, I'll come up. But I'll probably be here usually in the evenings, definitely on Saturdays. I will be in this yellow chair because this is the chair. This is the energy chair. Her like, throne. I'll be in this spot. Um, and and you know I'm I'll talk about any. You come up with a topic. You want to talk? Name a topic. You know, you know, like I used to do that with rappers. I used to do. I used to think that 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 was my challenge. If you're a good rapper, I can throw talk. Topics that you would just mm -hmm. be able to wrap up, mm -hmm. wrap to the top topics, mm -hmm. um, and keep going, right? So as you're wrapping, red flower, like I just named, and you have to be able to incorporate those things into your wraps. How did Dang do? I didn't think it did. All right, all right. I was wondering. Oh, no. <laughs> when it comes to rapping, I'm I'm considered like the new generation. Okay. Like I'm the younger generation, okay. Okay. right? Okay. So I was like, I'm coming right after everybody. Mm -hmm. So it's like I can't relate to what has happened, mm -hmm. but I do understand what has happened. But just know I'm coming up next. Yes. Hey. Yeah. So, and, and, and this is the thing, too. I think freestyle rappers are different than written rappers, mm -hmm. right? And so, if you're coming from rap as a poet, mm -hmm. you're going to write. You're going to, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If you're coming mm -hmm. as a spitter, then you're going to be able to do off the top, and I can throw topics at you. And and some people are, again, back to Kendrick. Kendrick can do both, mm -hmm. right? Kendrick, Kendrick is a poet, but you put him on a mic, and he's going to freestyle for an hour mm -hmm. and not miss a beat. Right, so um, so yeah, so any topic. I'm not a rapper, but I will have a conversation about any, with any, anybody, and, and and especially if it comes to music. A lot of people want to know, you know, how do I get into music? I'll I'll talk about that all day long. I'm not going to manage you. No. Definitively not going to manage you. <laughs> not managing, not near anybody. Hardly, maybe a couple people yeah. ever again. But yeah. but resource. Do you have anything coming up? Like yeah, this the. Yeah, well, we're, we're reopening. We we so we we opened, then we closed, mm -hmm. then we opened again, mm -hmm. and then we closed for Christmas, and then dang and Deja got COVID. Mm -hmm. So we were like, and I had already had COVID. Mm -hmm. So then we were like, we're just gonna close the shop for a month, let everybody rest, relax. Yes. We we had to, we had to redo inventory, you know. So we're reopening on February. February first ish, okay. whatever the first Wednesday after February first. I don't remember what the day is. The third. Um, 
but we're having what's the show show the show showtime, showtime. on the corner mm-hmm. um which is going to be a, a live streamed uh showcase thingy um and then we just got a new event coordinator mm-hmm. which is black lay she's done a lot of hosting and stuff yeah. like that so she's going to be kind of i'd say more event cultivator okay right days is going to be doing the security the, the security yeah. but also the the, ta- the tactical stuff of making sure okay what's on the calendar mm-hmm. who, who, who has what but um uh lay is going to help us develop more of uh the kinds of cultivate the kinds of events we want to mm-hmm. have um we have the upstairs space where you can rent that out for a baby shower mm-hmm. or an engagement party mm-hmm. or you know you just want to have take your have a you know, listening party. Yeah, well, we can also, but we have, we can, we have a kitchen up there, so we can have catering. But we also have a thing where you can have, make it into a movie theater, mm-hmm. so you can have a date night if you want mm-hmm. to. That's mm-hmm. the idea we have. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to have game nights where we have spades tournaments. Um, you know, if you came in, you saw we do Funko Pops, yes. so we might have Funko Pop trade nights. Okay. So we're going to start having, you know, as we can, more interactive stuff, um, and then obviously. At least for the, I, I'm not gonna open it 100% to just any rapper in town who mm-hmm. wants to have a listening party. Mm-hmm. I have to know you for yeah. that, right? Because the thing with that is, it's a, it, it's probably gonna be more of a crowd. Mm-hmm. So, Jamonte can have a listening party here anytime he wants with as many people as he wants. Um, we just deal with it because that's who he is and that's who we support. Um, Go be but, great. But you know, the random rapper who's you know whose dad told him, yeah, you sound great. Um, that's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Right. At least not now. Maybe someday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so right now the only event we have on calendar is the Showtime one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. On February 3rd, and I'm looking forward to the Space is it, Tournament. Is, is it it's February 5th, 5th. and Oops. we're reopening February okay. 3rd. All right. Okay. So reopening the 3rd, Yeah. and then the event on the 5th. Yes. Okay. Friday the 5th. Yes. All right. Love. And then... Then after that, we will we 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 are having a staff meeting mm-hmm. on Saturday to kind of regroup and say what we're going to do going forward. And you know the the floor. This is probably all going to stay the same. We're not going to change this, but mm-hmm. just kind of how we start to let people in. Because one thing I will say is North Carolina has been pretty stable mm-hmm. um, in terms of of uh, things being open and stuff like that. We haven't had the same kind of spikes that other places have had. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like I said, we've all had it. So the, you know, we are we are now an antibody. We're an antibody establishment, our baby. Um, so you know, you can come in here and know at least we're not going to give it to you. Can't mm-hmm. to, can't speak about anybody else. Yeah. Um, so I feel more comfortable. I was way more paranoid a year ago. Way more. Par- I was like frantically paranoid. A year. Yeah, that's, yeah that's what I was thinking. It's and literally it's, been a year ago. It's been a year. That's crazy. And literally from when we closed until I caught it, I was super paranoid. Like, it's, it's so, this thing is so crazy. I was so paranoid. We had to sanitize everything. I was adamant about masks. You couldn't come to my house. I wasn't coming. I was, I was masked up all the time, constantly. And then I decided to go to Mexico mm-hmm. because my best friend from childhood, John Amos' daughter, mm-hmm. um, moved to Mexico. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a safe vacation. As long as I stay safe on the plane, got my hand sanitizer, I'm good. I'm staying at her house. I know she just got tested. We're not going to interact with anybody. It's totally safe vacation on the beach in Tulum, mm-hmm. not interacting with anybody. 
But then I get, I'm so happy after this vacation, I'm in the airport and I'm just touching stuff. Oh, this might be good oh, for me. Yeah. And, and then I was just touching stuff and talking to people and got on the plane and didn't didn't think to wash my hands, didn't have hand sanitizer, it was just like, you know, I got an ass, it's no big deal. Hmm. Sick. So I was in the, I end, and I ended bad, I ended up in the hospital for eight days mm-hmm. um, on mm-hmm. oxygen and the whole nine. But, um, you know. Made it through. I made it through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I feel like, yes, people are dying. It's a horrible thing that people are dying. Um, but, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of people who have it, right? And there's a lot of people who are getting mild symptoms. Mm-hmm. The issue is, what's your, how long your antibodies last, right? So mm-hmm. I'm going to get tested again next month. Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Are you sign because I she hates me. She's so tired of hearing me talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not. Um, I'm tired of hearing talk about it. Just I feel you. Everybody we wants it to be. Want, yeah. 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 Public yeah. service announcement: The faster people get vaccinated, the faster we can get back to normal. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah, I got yeah, so uh, I got so wrong. Yeah. Well, and this this is what this is what I say about the vaccine. Don't. Just like religion, mm-hmm. right? Don't be that guy that goes to church and just listens to what the pastor says. Mm-hmm. Open your Bible and read mm-hmm. it, right? So it's the same thing with the vaccine. I understand what people's hesitancy is, but not one single person who is hesitant can tell me why. They can't tell. They haven't gone into. They can say, "Well, I heard this," or "This, you know, this person got sick." To thirty that thirty million people, I think, have already been vaccinated, and the percentage of people who have had bad reactions to this is minuscule, right? So you can't say, you can't say, because, yeah, there's always going to be that one person who has their allergic reaction, and Mm -hmm. it's a risk you take, but, you know, polio vaccines, we don't have polio anymore. Smallpox vaccines, we don't have smallpox anymore. Measles, right? All of these things have proven scientifically to work, and if you go actually look at the white papers that all of these different pharmaceutical companies have made, it explains how the virus works, I mean, how the how the vaccine works on the virus. They're not in giving you, they're not even giving you the virus like they do with polio. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's basically, it's basically a DNA strain that mm-hmm. covers the thing, right? So if you, if you actually research the science, you're like, it's not, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, before we even start recording, what is the logic behind pharmaceutical companies or the government giving you something that's going to kill you as a result of something that's killing you, yeah. right? Just let everybody get COVID and die. If they, if they really want us all to be dead, and then if we're all dead and gone, what is the what benefit is there? There's no benefit to a pharmaceutical company to kill everybody that they're treating. There is no benefit. Now, is there a financial benefit? Are they going to make some money? Sure they are, but guess what? If they make money and I get a free vaccine and I'm still alive, good on you. Right? There's so that that's what you have to you have to apply the logic to it. And honestly, either you're gonna die, you're gonna get antibodies, yeah. or get a vaccine. If you get a vaccine, then you don't have to die or get antibodies. Mm-hmm. So and especially because the antibodies they say don't last forever. Yeah. So, you know, the the vaccine is supposed to have longevity. So I'm gonna get vaccinated. I'm saying it right now, dang, vaccinated. Okay. You guys think about it. Oh wait, yeah, you guys let me know how everything goes. Well that's, that's, yeah. see that's the one benefit of having the antibodies. I didn't have to run I could have, you know, with my age, I could have mm-hmm. said, Oh, I'm old, huh, yeah. let me get a vaccine. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. So I'm waiting probably till next month when it becomes more available. But you know, if you go look at the numbers statistically, which thirty million have been so far. Mm-hmm. 30 million people have have been vaccinated so far. You don't see swaths of dead people coming out of the vaccine right now. My mother, as well as my uncle, they've gotten it. My mom, she's like, 
she's out and about. <laughs> I'm like, she, yeah. I'm like, mom, chill out, yo. You know? But, like, she, got, but she, she can't. She out. I'm just like, be careful, you know? Because <laughs> she got the vaccine. Yeah. Because you can go get the antibody test, and the antibody test is real. Like, it, it, it came back. My antibodies were super mm-hmm. high. I just want to say that I, I understand people hesitant why they don't want to get the vaccine, but at the same time, I guarantee you the United States government wants everybody to get back to work. Yeah. They don't want to kill you off. Like, oh, 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 get back to work, citizens. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, all right. More tax dollars. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You have to think of it from a logical perspective. Yeah. That's how I approach life is from logic. Yes. As I, I say, what is what is the benefit? What is the, what is, you know, what's the pro? What's the con? What's the end game? You know, if they're telling us this lie, why are they telling us this lie? And what do they gain from this lie? And if it makes sense that they're gaining something, okay, you know what, they're probably lying to us. I'm not ever going to say that the government is 100% clean. <coughs> or pharmaceutical companies. Or, you know, I mean, they're making up, there's a tons of drugs that they make that nobody needs to be taking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. But this right here, they're like, oh, people can't go to the movies and we can't make money off of film. Mm-hmm. Oh, people can't go to work. Like... There's way more money for them to make in keeping us all alive and keeping us all working than there is in killing us all. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, eventually, it's going to get, well, it could get to a point to where the things that you want to do after the vaccine is actually out to the public, they're going to be like, well, you have to be vaccinated in order to yeah, true. fly internationally, you have to be vaccinated in order yeah. to go to this event. So eventually, it's going to, you're going to probably feel forced if you're still sitting on the fence. I'm telling you right now, you probably, your mama probably has a yellow card somewhere. With your name on it, that's got little punch punch holes in it. That's your vaccination record, your immunization record. Hmm. Because in order for you to go to kindergarten, you had to have that. Oh yeah. You had to have, and have you know yes. now nowadays you can kind of you can get out of some of the vaccinations, but you have to have measles, mm-hmm. you have to have polio, you have to have smallpox. There's a bunch of vaccines that you have to have in order to be able to go to public school. So it's not like it's new. It's yeah. not like mandated vaccine vaccinations are new right. and honestly i will tell you if donald trump had not gotten into office this wouldn't be a problem uh, people know. people's people's idea this whole QAnon shit and mm-hmm. the thing that makes me sad i know we probably need to wrap up no we could but but the saddest <laughs> thing to me in the world is black people who have globbed on to QAnon theories uh, because QAnon was started by white supremacists and nazi sympathizers mm-hmm. but they've done a very effective job of putting out their little conspiracy theories and black people have globbed on to Propaganda. it gone on YouTube and then they're like, oh, do your research. YouTube is not research. Yeah, it's wild. Like, it's not. Like Lupe with the um, the Flat Earth. You know, it's... Uh, Don't get me started uh, on Flat Earth. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Not Lupe. B.O.B. Yeah. Oh, fuck. B.O.B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Broke my heart. bro. Oh, so Lupe, I mean, not bro, but yeah. Sorry. 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 Yes. Apologies. B.O.B. Yeah. And Kyrie. Yeah. And Kyrie. Yes. Yeah. No, I, and I, don't, look, just come to the corner and yeah, talk hey, to you about the yes. <laughs> Pull up to the corner. Uh, what's the address again? 8838 Arbor Creek Drive in North Charlotte. Uh, exit 26 off of 485, and then just, you know, GPS your way here. Yes, yes, um, you got to go through a couple turnabouts. And, yeah, I got to go a couple, couple turnabouts. And then the web, the website is The Corner CL, well, actually everything. Mm-hmm. The Corner CLT on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, the website is 
thecornerclt.com. It is not the corner store. People say the corner store okay. is not the corner. The All name right. is, you can say the corner store as mm -hmm. an entity, but the name is the, the corner. The corner. The corner. Yes. The corner is no other corner. It is the corner. Yes. In Charlotte. Yes. Thank you. And we are Far Perspective. And this is Nikki Beans. Heard our tech. We had the pleasure of having The Corner with Miss Amy, Princess Deja, Brother Dang. Very humble and gangster. Um, do y'all want to give y'all the Instagram handles and all of that or Kanye Shrug? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so my Instagram is Nilotic of Earth. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my Instagram is underscore Deja, D E I J A H R O S E underscore and mine is amy bugaudi b-u-g-o-u-d-i why is it the bugaudi because that's my rap name okay. that my godson gave me okay. um my last name is gaudi mm -hmm. g-o-u-d-y but he said um like bugatti the car mm -hmm. so he said you need a rap name so it was bugaudi and so when we had the record label, it was Bugatti House, which is my house. Mm. Um, I have my license plate says Bugatti, mm. and my one godson, Preston, calls me Bugals. Like, mm. that's my nickname is Bugals. Certified. Um, so, yeah. so, I dig it's it. Amy, so, it's uh, Amy Bugatti. So, if you put Bugatti in it, in Instagram, you'll find me. All right. And we appreciate you for having us in no, your thank space. Thank you. Nah, we, thank you. Thank you for all that you've done. And, yeah, and continue to do and, like, yeah, the ripples and all of that. Yeah, you know, like, good juju. You yeah. feel that? Yeah. Chill out. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. We out. More than welcome.